This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Tuesday. It's the 10th of February. How many more days till we get paid again? God, it seems to drag this month. Uh, the respected news presenter taken off the air in America. He's made up stories. He's made up stories of what he's done. And people have gone, you're a liar. So they've taken him off air, which is interesting. Uh, the driver in Aberdeen caught using earphones, a mobile and a laptop at the wheel. Well, I say caught, caught by a cyclist with a camera. Uh, the rudest pensioner in the country, jailed for the 52nd time. They say he's a Victor Meldrew. He's quite clearly a bit of a waste of space, actually. Butter is not bad for you. They say they made a mistake. Butter's good for you. Thank God for that. Sam Smith cleans up at the Grammys, and Romanian thieves are nicked at the Tower of London. I'm so sick to death of East Europeans being nicked and appearing in court. Well, you know what these ones were doing? They scaled the wall by Traitor's Gate to scoop up the money thrown by well-meaning tourists. I mean, these tow rags, what in God's name we let them in for, I can't imagine. And then that dreadful story of a pensioner in, in Glasgow who was stabbed to death by this man. She was 75. He stabbed her in the neck something like seven times. And she died as a result in hospital. It turns out he's got previous... But, of course, when they arrive in the country, nobody ever says to them, so, have you ever murdered anybody before or attacked anybody? Because nobody thinks to ask them. So we've got these murdering so-and-sos in here. But, I mean, the thieves. It seems to be the national pastime in Romania. Let's go thieving today. I suppose when you arrive in a country where we appear to have everything, and in Romania they've got diddly squat, otherwise why would you come here? And, uh, and they discover all this money that's lying in the moat at the Tower of London. The answer is, let's get in there and nick it. And that's what they did. They got conditional discharges and fined, I think, 16 quid. Bless you. Thank you. Don't worry. That's OK. Is it all done? Mm-hmm. Honestly. Because everybody knows my password now on the computer. <laughs> no secrets at all. No secrets at all with passwords. It's the most complicated password I've ever had in my entire... Normally, I pick something easy, like bottom or something like that. You know, bottom one, bottom two. And, or in Alex Gerrard's case, quite a number of bottoms. Anyway, she's pictured in the paper today. She's obviously got a photographer with her. Uh, They've obviously thought they're going to try and make something out of Alex Gerrard, which, of course, is a bit difficult. And there she is, wandering off to the Grammys, walking along the pavement, which seems a bit odd, you know. Can't you afford a car, dear? Have you fallen on hard times? Or is it just that nobody knows who you are? They've got a million and one people who look like you in America. Absolutely. They've got tons and tons of people. I like the idea that butter's good for you. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I just think it's this terribly rich combination of things. But they've said that, the, that when they said it was bad a few years ago, they actually they, they didn't really mean it. <laughs> which I thought was a bit strange, isn't it? Um, I'm, I'm intrigued at the, uh, the doctor's receptionist. They're going to give them training now because they say they're rude to, um, to patients. I've never had anything but politeness. Anything but politeness from my, from my doctor. Oh, and by the way, if you go to a takeaway and they're offering lamb, be very careful. There's a very good chance it's not. Which went out and tested. Don't ask what it is. Don't ask what it is. But uh, it's not lamb. Nine out of ten times, what you're being offered is not what they're telling you. I always think takeaways are a wee bit dodgy anyway, don't you? I think so. Peter Sutcliffe's preparing for his funeral. Whoopee! There you go. Best news of the morning. Only the other day we were telling you he's 68 and he's, he's on his last legs. Can't happen quick enough, as far as I'm concerned. He had a heart attack three months ago. 
He killed 13 women. The sooner he dies, the better. I don't need to see why we should bother keeping these people alive. He's not serving any useful purpose. He doesn't do anything. Oh, he's converted to something, hasn't he? Hasn't he converted to some religion? Not going to help you, mate. You're going to die anyway. Good news, good news. And then the police. Have you heard of this one? They go to a newsagent's, and one police officer orders the local newsagent to name the customers who bought Charlie Hebdo, you know, the uh, with the cartoon in it. I don't think they're allowed to do that, are they? We'll give you more on that story a bit later on. And uh, fat. Fat is the key to living longer. Apparently, the previous diet advice was wrong. So uh, us fatties, we're going to live longer than the rest of you thinnies out there. It's good news, isn't it? That'll upset everybody. Stephen Fry's husband has spoken about what keeps them together. Yes, what was it about the multimillionaire Stephen Fry that first attracted you, Elliot? Uh, the answer is apparently laughter. I mean, I'm tempted to say Stephen Fry takes all his clothes off stands in the bedroom and Elliot keeps laughing. I can't think of any other reason how laughter would keep them together. <laughs> Should be quite interesting. Well, let's face it, so far he's smashed up two cars, hasn't he, and had a few other little run-ins. Uh, Sam Smith cleaned up at the Grammys, which was good, so he's, he's very pleased. Still no relationship. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Really doesn't matter. He, t- he turned out... I thought it was just him that wrote the uh, the single. Turned out it was three of them that wrote the single. I was a little bit disappointed there. I wanted to think it was all Sam Smith. But the album's great. I love the album. Really do. And yesterday, what was yesterday? Great. Yesterday was a very, very good day. Very nice indeed. I had nothing to do. It was lovely. It really was lovely. You know when you've got nothing to do at all and I slept like a log last night? I've gone berserk for tin tomatoes. So I decide to go out, and I go to Tesco in Richmond. I happen to be passing it, and I thought, I'll go and get some tin tomatoes. So I go in there, and there's a bewildering array of chopped tomatoes. But I find these uh, tomatoes, Napoli or whatever they are, and it had, on one of the little price bars on the shelf, it had price reduced pound slashed 50p. Underneath that was a pack of four of these tin tomatoes, the same tin tomatoes, for £3.50. I thought, they should be £2. So I'm thinking, perhaps it's... And I checked, no, it was exactly the same, 400 grams, everything was right. So I took it to the uh, the customer thing in Tesco in Richmond, and a very nice lady, I said, I'm a bit confused. And she looked at me like, you know, you look like you're a confused person. I said, I'm a bit confused about the pricing. I said, these are marked down to a 50p a tin, and yet the pack of four is £3.50. This should be £2. She says, wait a minute, I'll get Grace. So Grace comes over, Grace toddles off, and uh, after about five minutes, comes back and goes, yeah, you're right. She said, and so she brought the barcode, so she scans it, and it comes in at 50p a tin. So I bought myself, I bought, four, one, I bought seven tins of tomatoes. I bought a tin in this morning. I'm going to have them after I finish. I'm going to have some chopped tomatoes. I'm going to put them in the microwave, taking them out of the tin first, of course, it wouldn't blow anybody up. And I'm going to have tin tomatoes, but I'm wearing a blue shirt, and I have a feeling that I might, I might, drip down myself or splash myself. Either way, I have a feeling I'm a disaster waiting to happen. So I've got to, you've got to be very careful. It's like, I cannot go out to a restaurant and eat anything like spaghetti bolognese. It's just not physically possible, because you know at some point you're going to drip it down you. It's like spare ribs in a restaurant. No, no, no. Spare ribs, eat them at home with a bib on and a towel and, you know, wet wipes and everything else. Because if you eat them in a restaurant, there is no graceful way of eating spare ribs. There is no graceful way of eating corn on the cob. Whichever way you eat it, you're going to look like a chipmunk, aren't you? You can't eat it properly. There's certain food, it's like soup. Nobody should ever be made to eat soup in a restaurant. It's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. You know, you know that you're going to spill it down yourself. You go, oh, look, I've spilled it. Oh, it's got more. 
You know, I'm the messiest eater in the world, so I, I can't go out to restaurants and eat things that I think are going to get me covered in food. And I do love spare ribs, and I do love sweet corn, and I do love all, all the messy things. It's like, but I'm, 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 and I, couldn't, I wouldn't eat soup in a million years. Not in a million years. But, uh, but good fun, though. Good fun. So I had a lovely day yesterday. I found some nice apples in, uh, in Paul Cooper's shop. They've got um, I love you written on them. But it's obviously a, like a transfer. Then they were put under a thing. And then it's, it's sort of, it's in the skin of the apple. And they're huge apples, really. It's, it's, a, it's a nice thing. So I gave one to Lindsay Kinghorn. Because her, her boyfriend's away at the moment. So I thought an apple kind of compensates. Well, it doesn't. But I mean, it's, it's kind of nearest thing to it. I wish I'd not started that conversation. I just, realized, I just realized I was going down a cul-de-sac of which there was no turning off at all. Uh, 84850, steve at Somebody was talking about uh, dementia patients and, uh, and things like that because they say of the uh, amalgam in fillings. Well, they don't have amalgam in fillings now. But I had all my fillings changed years ago, years and years ago for white fillings. Nobody has sort of those metal fillings. Do you remember that people could pick up radio stations in their mouths? Did you ever hear about that one? Yeah, you could apparently, because the mercury in there sort of act... I don't know how it worked, but anyway, it used to pick up radio stations. <laughs> a brilliant idea. I love the idea. You don't actually need to plug yourself in, just open your mouth. How you change channels, I've got no idea. Uh, Madonna turned up at the Grammys. Oh, God knows what she was wearing. I've seen better-dressed hookers. But uh, it was a very odd thing, very, very odd thing. Uh, then there's the, uh, the Big Brother, the Sun Investigation, the Samsung Smart Television, which can spy on you spy on you. I'll get worried about everything. And uh, Judith says, I think Colleen Nolan behaved very unprofessionally by making the discussion personal. Katie held up, well, oh, she's a nasty piece of work, Colleen Nolan. Oh, nasty piece of work. Oh, yeah. Remember they all stopped talking to the sister who was uh, sexually abused by their father and they cut her out. They cut her out. They didn't want her to go on tour or anything. It's really disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And uh, Colleen Nolan, who thinks that she's terribly funny. She's just another fat bird who brought out a DVD some years ago and it never worked. It never worked. She did the diet. She made a bit of money out of it. And she got 400,000 quid for the Celebrity Big Brother. Seriously, 400,000 pounds. Everybody's still saying the same thing about uh, Katie Price. Uh, Ali Ross today is saying, you know, 500,000 for the world's most boring woman. Really, really dull. And of course, I mean, that's exactly what she is. Dull and filthy. Very, very bad potty mouth, really. I mean, just disgusting, the things that Katie Price talks about. Uh, 84850, tomatoes on toast. Oh, delicious, Jerry. I agree. Tomatoes, but we don't have a toaster here. I, I could probably go and get some toast from upstairs and put tomatoes on it. But I'm just going to eat tomatoes. I know people who eat cold baked beans out of the tin. <laughs> Makes me feel queasy to even think about it. Don't confuse spilling your tomato juice on your shirt and blood from your cut. Says Kevin, no, I gave myself an injection this morning. And I always worry about it. If I'm wearing a sort of a shirt that's a little bit too clean, sometimes, you know, you get a little bit of blood afterwards. That's why they always put a plaster. Whenever they do your blood, they put a little... Oh, what's that? They put a little plaster over it afterwards, which is quite sweet, isn't it? I think it's quite nice of them. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We're going to go through all the uh, the papers. We'll come up with the stories, because I know there are presenters on other radio stations, and they like listening into this programme, because we give them the stories that uh, that they can use on their programme. You know, so I should imagine the ones that they'll they'll probably pick up on today, probably Colleen, well, maybe not Colleen Nolan, go to war with Katie Hopkins. But it was her and that, uh, who's that mad one? Janet Street Porter. Well, Michael, you know, she's uh, she's she's terrible. And uh, she bullied Katie Hopkins as well. And, uh, you know, Katie Hopkins stood her ground. And why not? Why not? Jonathan Levi's up this morning. Poor soul. 
He says, I've got an early start as I'm up in Manchester for a work meeting. Can't sleep as I know I've got to be up at five. <gasps> Isn't that the worst, Jonathan? Is that not the worst? You're lying there in your Winnie the Pooh pyjamas and you're thinking, it's another 45. I did that this morning. I woke up once and I looked at the clock and it said 10 to 12. And I thought, oh, God. Because you, you know that you're not going to get much of a sleep in between then and when the alarm goes off at one. So I sort of lay there and then I dozed off for about And I looked and it said half past 12. I thought, oh, this is sheer hell. Purgatory. Absolute sheer hell, I'm afraid. So I know what it's like, because you're lying there and you think it's really too uh, too early to sort of get up and start getting ready. But on the other hand, you feel you want the, the sleep. I suppose you could fall asleep on the train. You're not driving, I'm assuming, so you must be going on the, the train. I don't like falling asleep on the train. I get worries. I just in case I dribble. I'm quite prone to dribbling at my age. <laughs> I like it. Oh, if you're feeling peckish, incidentally, on the journey, Jonathan, dahlias. Apparently the latest flower that you can eat, dahlias. I don't really know whether or not I'd want to eat a dahlia, but uh, they say you can. I've seen other things that they put in salads and stuff like that. I keep trying to put myself by it, buying a Nutribullet. You know these things where they do the liquid... And I keep seeing them everywhere. I keep thinking, no, don't. you're never going to use the blooming thing. You're seriously never going to use it. Leading Britain's conversation. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. This morning from 7 on LBC. Breakfast in America. Nick Ferrari, you can call the Commissioner today. You can call the, uh, the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Sir Bernard Hogan Howe. Also today, David Cameron will be saying that Britain deserves a pay rise. Times are good. Ooh, whoopee. Uh, but are they? And when's the last time you got a bump in your pay packet? Um, I think the other year, actually. Uh, Nick's in New York with the show, as you know. He'll be looking at the property market in the good old US of A, as well as asking, what can Boston learn from London as it bids to host the 2024 Olympics? Nick Ferrari at seven, looking at the papers today. Emma Crosby, the Channel 5 News presenter. Poor soul, she'll be sitting in the studio all by herself. <laughs> she waits, because with him over there, you know, it's going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit difficult. Oh, dear. He says it's just hopeless, says Jonathan. Lying in bed, think it's now 20 past four. He's got to get up at five, but he's awake at this time. He says, I'm just going to get up, have a shower. Not sure about your tin tomato thing. Do you just eat them on their own? Yeah. Just, I just, I just empty the tin into a bowl, put them in a microwave and just eat chopped tomatoes. <laughs> Does it sound peculiar? Do you think it sounds odd? I did think that this morning. I thought perhaps I should take some grated cheese in with me. Then I thought, that sounds even odder. I don't want people to think I'm somewhat peculiar in my eating habits, but I, I did the other week bring in a tin of beans, and I ate tin of beans. Again, I heated them up, but tin tomatoes... Because so, somebody kept saying to me, tin tomatoes are good for you. Tomatoes are good. They've got something in them which is good. Helps you see in the dark or something. I don't know. Or perhaps that's carrots. I don't know. And, uh, and so I thought, no, I'll have some after the programme. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more you've made me think I'm, slight, I'm slightly peculiar now. Somebody was talking about doctors, receptionists... Uh, and somebody says, your doctor's receptionist must be an exception to the rule. I've only met rudeness and noisiness. Mine are fantastic. Seriously. I've, I've, they're the, mind you, admittedly, I do butter them up. I do take in, every so often, boxes of chocolates for them. I do. I mean, not boxes, yeah, it makes it sound like I'm taking in a crate of the things. But sometimes I'll take in a box of chocolates and they can sit down and... Because they're all ladies. They're all ladies and they're always nice. I've never known anybody be rude. Seriously, I mean, I'm, it's, if it's the exception, then I'm quite glad I've, I've got the doctor's surgery that I've got. 
because I feel sorry for people that don't have nice ones. Apparently, mercury amalgam fillings are still available, longer-lasting and easier for the dentist to work with, says Owen. Not o- I think they're banned over here. I don't think they do them anymore. People can- You're putting, what, mercury? I can remember d- them doing the amalgam fillings, and they used to sort of... They- they'd sort of drill out the tooth or whatever they were doing, and then they'd mix this stuff up in a little... Like a little sort of glass thing. And then they take this syringe, which would sort of suck it up, and then they push it in and then push it down in there. And then with the end of their little thing, they uh, fix it all round. When I had all the white fillings done, it was bonded by light. By light, if you please. She says, uh, but regardless, like you, I've had them all replaced. I know, I didn't like the taste. I didn't like the taste of amalgam. I'm not, I'm, I can't, off the top of my head, think, you know, of what it is. You know, but it, I just sort of, I just thought I'd have them changed. They always looked awful, didn't they? Metal fillings. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, in France, says Phil, they uh, they eat flowers. Marigolds. Yes, they do. What's the other flower? They do not just, no, marigolds I wouldn't touch. I would have thought marigolds weren't very good at all. I've seen um, petals. They do them in a lot of supermarkets. And they look really pretty. You put them in salads. But I tell you what's even nicer if you really want to make something that is really brilliant, you need two bowls, two glass bowls, one that fits inside the other one, OK? And then what you do is, I've got to make sure you've got a freezer, you fill the bottom bowl with water and you put in all these uh, pretty coloured petals all the way around, and then you put the other bowl in the top of it, weigh it down so the water goes up the side, and then you put it in the freezer. And when it freezes, you've got a lovely ice bowl you take, you know, you, you, you take the, the, the bottom, the, the top bowl off and then the bottom bowl, you take the ice bowl out and then you've got, you can put fresh fruit in there and things like that. Keep it on a plate so when it starts dripping and it's got all petals around the outside, it looks brilliant. I learnt that one a long, long time ago. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, do you reckon Colleen Nonal will buy one of those Samsung TVs for her son so he can listen to him having sex with his girlfriend, saving her having to tape it? She's very low rent, but she does live in Blackpool. I, I don't think I need to emphasise any more to you, ladies and gentlemen, just how low rate. This is the girl, the Colleen Nolan, the one who never sang on any of the Nolan hits. She just stood at the back and went la-la, because that was about as far as it went. And uh, they all fell out. Nobody was talking. Bernie died. And, of course, Bernie's wish was that they were, they were all going to make friends. Well, pff, I don't think it's happened at all. They just Isn't it funny how you can have a family together and then they don't talk to each other? And, and nobody likes each other. And you think, that's a bit sad, isn't it? But uh, I always thought Colleen was a bit like that. I always thought she could be, she could be quite nasty. I should imagine she's got quite a, quite a foul mouth on her. Quite a foul mouth. Uh, Sam sweeps the Grammys, yes. And he gets a hug from Taylor Swift. Very pretty Taylor Swift, but I'm getting a bit bored with her. She seems to be in everything. You know, but she's, she's OK. I'm not, I'm not too sort of worried about it. Uh, he talks about uh, the person who broke his heart, which is why he wrote the song in the first place. And uh, he seems very happy. He's lost the weight. He's still a chubby boy. Still a chubby boy. But uh, it doesn't matter. He'll find somebody eventually. He'll find somebody. Uh, The Romanian thieves. So here they are. Uh, They've all appeared in court. Um, I won't run through their names because they're basically unpronounceable. And uh, what they did, they clambered over the barrier. They jumped into the moat in front of Traitor's Gate. Uh, Many many people went through Traitor's Gate and did not come out alive. And uh, what they did, they scooped up 350 quids of the coins thrown in by tourists and they attempted to flee with their booty. But a member of the public shouted at them and raised the alarm. Tower of London staff and army personnel gave chase and they managed to apprehend them. And uh, another bunch of East Europeans up in court again. Uh, the gang pleaded guilty to theft. They were given a six-month conditional discharge and ordered to pay victim surcharges of 16 quid. Because the, the money goes to the Royal British Legion. 
That's what uh, that's what they did with it afterwards. Millions of tourists go there. Anne Boleyn went through that gate. Thomas More, Catherine Howard, Lady Jane Grey, and uh, so people, you know, just sort of throw throw money in there. But uh, it's good. Interesting. The officers who assisted in the arrest of the four men were new recruits on their first ever day out in Tower Hamlets. So there you go. I mean, out of the 128,000 Romanians living here, 361 are criminals. Hardened criminals, paedophiles, rapists, murderers. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Go to any court case now. There seem to be more East Europeans appearing in courts than anybody else. Because they can't believe how easy it is to get away with crime in this country. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. 84850steve@lbc.co.uk. Uh, the apples uh, are grown in the southwest of France, says Christian. They've got a sticker added when almost mature, which blocks out the sun and effectively blanches the covered area to reveal the shape of the sticker. They've been in storage since last September. Apparently, they're Johnny Gold. They're, they're huge apples. They're really nice. And they're a quid each, you know, which are Valentine's Day. If you think you're being a bit mean with sort of Valentine's Day, that, that would be the thing to be mean about. Let's not, uh, let's not spend too much money. You, don't, you can go to Poundland and buy something, can't you? Why would you want to spend a lot of money on a card? There's no point, unless you're seriously going out with somebody and it's, you know, it's something long-term. But I think it's, it's very, very unlikely. Um, apparently, tomatoes and mushrooms are very nice, says Wayne. Yes. Mary says, forget the bullet, get the ninja a lot cheaper. Tom in Sidcup says, I've been at work since 6am yesterday, literally just leaving. I should imagine your mind left ages ago. And Phil says, if you can pick up a radio broadcast with your fillings, will that be part of your audience figures? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think it would be. I don't need to worry, actually, about the audience figures at all. That's the one thing I don't need to worry about. We wipe the board with everybody at this time of the morning. There's nobody comes anywhere close to us. In fact, even there was one station that was close to me last time. I say close, you know, on the, on the graph, it was not close at all. And, uh, and they've literally dropped off the scale now. Dreadful. Canned tomatoes are not only less pricey than fresh, but an even better source of a powerful antioxidant becomes more effective when heated up. I do like, I mean, I like tin tomatoes. It's kind of a cheap thing, isn't it? If you're an elderly person, which I probably include myself, you know, 50p for a tin of, uh, tin of tomatoes, heat them up. And you're right, have them on toast or something like that. We used to have them as a kid on toast and it used to make the toast all soggy. Still used to like it, though. I wonder if it worked the same on fried bread. Fried bread and tin tomatoes. Don't get me going on that one. We don't need that. Not at this time of the morning, Stephen. Don't talk about breakfast. Jonathan's got to sit on a train hoping there's going to be a, a buffet car. Not a buffet. I, see, I, I always, if ever I did a long journey, I'd go and sit in the restaurant car. So then you could have a meal and you could sit there for the whole uh, whole time. Sasha says, how on earth did Katie Price win? That's what, everybody's asking the same thing. Every single columnist, every single television reviewer has said the same thing. The boring old bag that is Katie Price, the former glamour model called Jordan, who can only talk about her disgusting love life. I mean, really. I mean, she talked rubbish. Ask, ask Katie Hopkins. She'll tell you. She was the most boring person ever. And I did see the housewives of Melbourne and Chelsea. Uh, sorry, Cheshire. Cheshire. They're, and not only are they ugly, but they've all got those horrible accents. Oh, ghastly. Ghastly, ghastly. Uh, but I do, I do watch them. I watched The Housewives. What did I watch the other day? It's got Nene in it, or Nene, or whatever her name is. She's a bit of a worry. She looks like she's uh, started to believe her own publicity. Uh, here we go. This is Prince William going on holiday again. Changing planes in St Lucia. And uh, they went to their island on a private plane. I, I, I hope he's not going to go the same way as some of the other members of the, uh, the royal family. Not so good, is it? We don't really want people going there. And then there's the story... About the police. I like a good police story. I'm quite good with a, with a police story. But this one here 
is um, officers asked at least three news agents for people's details in the wake of the Paris terror attacks. Wiltshire police have had to apologise after admitting an officer had taken down the names of four people in the town of Corsham who bought the magazine featuring a cartoon of the Prophet Mohammed. Two further news agents in South Wales were reportedly called by a community officer asking for the name of customers who had bought the post-attack issue. This is slightly disturbing, isn't it? We'll come back to this in a moment, because it's 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to five. That's all it is. 28 minutes to five. Why worry about it? Why worry? Who cares about the time? Unless you're like Jonathan, who's uh, sort of throwing himself in the shower now. It is a bit tedious, isn't it, really? So anyway, so let's go back to this police story. And here they are. They've requested the names of British customers. Not generally the police, but a community officer goes in uh, to Pontypridd, an officer who asked for his name after he bought a copy for his 21-year-old son who studied French at university. Also in Corsham. A police officer went in and asked for the names of four people who bought the magazine. I don't quite understand why this is happening. I mean, it's it's a little bit odd. And uh, somebody said here, uh, his newsagent told him another stockist in the nearby town had also been asked about Charlie Hebdo customers. I can't fathom out, he says, what link they think exists between a local person in a small town in South Wales, a satirical French magazine and some terrorists. Trust in the police is low, and this type of official or unofficial snooping on private individuals will not improve. I want to know what police officers have been round there. That's what I want to know. I'm more intrigued, you know, are these are these police officers who would have a vested interest in somebody who bought the Charlie Hebdo magazine? Are these, this community police officer, for example, is he, is he a radical Muslim? Is he a Muslim who wants to know the name of these people? Could he be thinking of doing them some harm because they bought this magazine? I don't know. That, that's what I would be intrigued about. I mean, I'm, I mean, apparently Wiltshire Police said it had carried out an assessment of community tensions after the Paris attacks. What, in Wiltshire? I mean, you know, it's, it's really... And then, of course, they've had to quote the dreary Shami Chakrabarti, the self-appointed head of liberty. God, what a bore she is, really. And apparently uh, Wiltshire Police would like to apologise. Blooming well thinks so too. Can we make sure that the officers are disciplined? What are they doing? What are they doing? Going and asking for names and address names and addresses of somebody who bought the Charlie Hebdo magazine. That was a news agent. Tell him to go whistle. Go whistle, pal. You know, and especially as one of them was a community officer. Who is he? That's what I'd be intrigued to find out. Is this somebody who's going to pass on their names and addresses to sort of friends of his who might be a little bit more radical than he is? I don't know. Otherwise, why would it be of any interest why somebody had bought the magazine? You could have flown over to France and gone and picked it up. I just don't understand why the police in Wiltshire would be interested in something like that, unless it's for sort of somebody's ill-gotten gains. Another person's thrown themselves off a, off a restaurant in London. Uh, this is the exclusive... Uh, I think it's called Cock Dargent. And it's a restaurant. I think this is the fifth person who is plunged to his death from this City of London restaurant. You know, it's not like sort of one every so often. This is five people have been up there. Safety barriers were put on the balcony of the restaurant after a series of suicides. But another person's climbed over and gone. His name is Wilkes McDermid. And um, he says, thank you for everybody. He said, "I'm, I'm not tired of life. I'm just tired of, you know, me, really. And uh, really odd that people would go to this place. I mean, you'd be a bit frightened, wouldn't you? If you're going to this restaurant and you're sitting there and somebody walks past you and they climb and you, and you think, oh, dear God, not another one. I mean, you know, one person, bad enough. Five. 
I think they need to sort of either close it down or make sure that nobody can get out there. There's something not quite right, is there, about people who are prepared to take their own lives in front of everybody else. I don't, I don't understand what the purpose is unless the balance of their mind is disturbed, which I, which I suspect it probably is if people sort of do that. You know, the, 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 this one had eaten a meal and then put down what he'd eaten and then went and committed suicide. It looked quite nice, the meal. I don't understand, you know, what, what the purpose of this is. There must be a lot of really unbalanced people around, mustn't there, at the moment. Mind you, I know, you only have to listen to Christo's programme to realise that some of them actually get on air as well. And uh, some, of the, some of the texts and the tweets that he gets are from some really deranged people. I mean, really, people who should have been arrested by the police a long time ago. Uh, Reese says, are you sure Katie is a nice person? Uh, when is she nice? All the time. All the time. You don't seriously believe, do you? I mean, it's like saying... It's like saying that, um, that uh, Richard Attenborough was really a murderer because he played Christie. You know, he's acting a part. She's acting the part of somebody who has got to do a column in a newspaper to wind you up. That's the whole purpose. If you remember, the column before was Katie Price, and it was so dull and so boring. It's almost like being on Planet Pete. I mean, he's all but disappeared, isn't he? Poor soul now. Poor old Peter Andre. I mean, where is he now? Old man with funny hair, you know, still not married, you know, to his doctor girlfriend. She sort of took to the celebrity bit a little bit too too easily, I thought. And, uh, and his very odd children. And uh, it's a part. She's playing. It's a part. If you seriously believe that she's not a nice person, well, then she's achieved her objective. That's why the Sun pay her a lot of money. They pay her a lot of money to provoke a reaction. What's the point of not having an opinion? I mean, what has she ever written that wasn't true? Everything she's ever written is true. And the reason I say that is because it's always checked by the lawyers. You know, 99.9% of stuff that appears in the newspaper, the lawyers run over it and they then decide, no, you can't say that. Yes, you can say this. No, you can't say that. Even with my book, you did buy a copy, didn't you? Bless you. Uh, Called So You Want to Be a Celebrity. The lawyers had to go through it to check. And on one of them, they said, oh, on this particular celebrity, are you sure that's right? I said, yep, I can remember exactly when that happened. And I quoted chapter and verse. And they go, OK, that's fine then. Everything's got to be checked. You can't just you can't just print something now, you know, without somebody who's going to come back and go, that's not right. So all of my stuff is all checked. And so everything that she writes about, Katie Hopkins, it's, she's doing a part. She's doing a part. She's not nasty at all. She's exactly the same as you, Ree. Says exactly the same as you do. Every time somebody goes, oh, I don't like so-and-so, you're doing exactly the same. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. It's not complicated. People, some, some, occasionally, some barking mad person will write into me and go, have you ever bumped into the people you've been horrible about? Yeah. And have they ever said anything? No. Why would they? It's all factually correct. I don't make anything up. Not like that newscaster who makes up stories about himself. I don't need to make anything up. All of my... And also... The people that I use on my programme are people who actively sell every aspect of their life. If Katie, dreary, boring Price with the monotone voice and, uh, and, the, and the rubbish family choose to discuss sexual habits on the television, I think that's about as low as you can go. I don't think you can actually go any lower than an old bag like that, you know, caked in makeup. You know, who discusses intimate sexual details on the television in front of an audience that's probably got children there. It was bad enough at the BAFTAs, bad enough at the BAFTAs, ladies and gentlemen, when Stephen Fry swore. There were children in that audience. Now, either the poor old soul has lost his way and he's so besotted with this child that he's married called Elliot with a 30 year difference, you know, and he swears. He said it's only Tom 
and then used the F word, cruise, in front of the BAFTA audience who sat there like, it wasn't funny. It was filth. There were children in that audience. It was disgusting. I'd have had him taken out and shot. He should have been taken out, hanged publicly outside. It was disgusting. I don't want to hear any more of it at all. And then he insulted Stephen Hawking by doing an impression. I'm sorry, Stephen Fry has to be killed. It's as simple as that. Let's get rid of him now. You can take Elliot with him. Mind you, if you trust Elliot's driving anymore, I don't think we'll have to wait too long. Uh, Lamb takeaways. Apparently, one in five lamb takeaways contain other types of meat, and some have got no lamb at all. Nothing. It's two investigations uh, which raise concerns about the ingredients in curries and kebabs. Okay, You know, they say it's a lamb kebab. Chances are it ain't. Many contain undeclared allergens, some of high levels of artificial colourings. Seven food outlets face prosecution. I want to know where they are. I don't want them to say seven food outlets face prosecution. I want to know exactly where these places are that are selling lamb, but it's not lamb. I mean, it, it is quite worrying that you might go into a place and buy a, uh, a lamb curry, and it's not lamb at all. It's some... could be dog. could be cat. could be anything at all. But they don't tell you where these places are. You see, I want to know the names of them. If something's closed down because of filth... And because of hygiene regulations, I want to know. When they closed down the Kentucky Fried Chicken in Piccadilly Circus, it was because there were mouse droppings on the counter. The place was riddled. They had to literally close it, de-infest, and come down to the fact that the staff, you know, had to be taught how to clean. They quite clearly had no ideas. Perhaps hygiene standards are different for some people. TGI Fridays, Covent Garden, a mouse infestation, rats and mice. They had to close it down. TGI Fridays, mainly because the staff just couldn't be bothered to clean. You know, if a place is spotlessly clean, you won't find an infestation of rodents. If you walk through Chinatown, and you could do it now or in the daytime, I guarantee you will see a rat at some time running down a corridor. I've seen it almost on a daily basis. That's how filthy the place is. That's how bad it is. But uh, it's a bit worrying if you can't trust what's in a lamb takeaway. You know, one of them here... Two samples contain pork, which, of course, most Muslims and Muslims are mainly Jews don't eat. So, you know, you've got to be very careful. These, the standards of these places is really appalling. It's about time local, local councils uh, started sorting that. Actually, just going back to BAFTA briefly, whilst I'm on a roll with BAFTA, and the filthy language from Stephen Fry wouldn't find me coming on air and going, Go, oh, it's effing Steve Allen coming along now. Although, to be honest with you, it might actually raise a laugh. But... Who did they not honour at the BAFTAs? Who did they not even mention? Not even mention. Remember? Donald Sindon, one of our great actors. No mention at all of Donald Sindon. His son... Sorry? It's not enough. It's not enough just sticking up a montage of dead people. We want to see some honouring of people. Rick Mayle, you know, also missing from the tributes. Bob Hoskins was missing. And you think to yourself, this is BAFTA. You know, you've wasted enough money on hiring Stephen Very Unfunny Fry. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't want to know any more about his boyfriend. I'm so bored with the whole thing. So, old man finds young boy to marry. Big deal. You know, let's get over ourselves, shall we? Uh, apparently, uh, the diet of real food containing plenty of natural fat could be the key to living a long and healthy life. Thank God for that. So, in other words, families have been told for three decades, 30 years now, to cut... 
the risk of heart disease by avoiding fatty foods like meat, cheese and cream. Now, I do know for a fact that if you only eat red meat and drink red wine, there is a very good chance you're going to get gout. Look at Christo. Christo is a classic example of somebody who eats a lot of red meat, drinks a lot of red wine, and what's he got? Gout. Is it painful? Blooming well is. Blooming well is. You know, you've got to have a varied diet. You can have red meat and you can have, you know, red wine, but you've got to mix and match. You've really got to mix and match. So you can have, I mean, what did I have yesterday? Yeah, tin tomatoes. Tin tomatoes with bacon, which I bought from Sandy's, the fishmonger, because they have their sort of uh, farm farmed stuff. It comes from a farm. It's not done in a process factory. And uh, it's nice. They've got some nice things happening in Sandy's. I can't tell you anything about it because it's on their, their website. But he, he showed me something yesterday, which, to be honest with you, I hadn't expected to see. Not this side of Christmas. And, um, and so I bought my bacon. So I cut up some bacon, put it into the tin tomatoes, stuck in some uh, mushrooms, and that was tea o- over some mashed potato. And it was quite delicious. But again, I didn't eat it all. I'm sort of this, this injection, this Victoza thing, is doing, uh, doing quite well. So I like the idea that you can have cheese and cream. I don't really eat cream. And cheese, I've never been a huge fan of. I know it's fattening because my uh, a friend of mine, she used to have after every meal cheese and biscuits. She loves cheese and biscuits. That's her big favourite. And she's, she's quite an expert on cheese where I only know red Leicester, cheddar, Edam, things like that. I'm a bit dull when it comes to cheese. I don't really sort of, I don't, I, I can't eat anything, you know, that stinking bishop and stuff like that. I wouldn't even eat anything that's got veins in it. I don't like the look of that because it all looks a bit artificial. And so I'm, I'm not really a big cheese eater, but I do know that it's very fattening. If you have too much of it, if you only have a little bit of it, then it's absolutely fine. But unfortunately, most people overindulge, don't they? They sort of get carried away. It's like, you know, you could probably, if you wanted to, eat fish and chips every night and be quite happy, die with a big smile on your face. And clogged arteries. But, there, but there, you know, there is that. Or you could have a curry every night. If you vary it, it's great. I'm a bit dodgy about curries now. Now I know that there might not be lamb. You know, why can't these people tell us who it is? It's like they go, so-and-so, so-and-so has just been arrested and charged with murder, but we can't name them for legal reasons. What legal reason? They're not likely to do it again, are they? Answer, yes, probably they are. David Beckham has launched um, a global project. I mean, it's so marvellous, isn't it? One minute, whiskey. One Minute Underpants are now a global charity to help children in danger, and uh, his children will help him with it. They, d- they love the exploitation, don't they? His uh, UNICEF 7, the David Beckham Fund... Oh, wait a minute, the David Beckham Fund. What does that sound like to you? The David... That sounds like we're going to be channelling our money in there. He's obviously got so rich now that he's now putting it into the David Beckham Fund. That sounds to me like one of those tax things, doesn't it, really? We're going to... Because, in fact, he has been involved in things like that before, as we know. Can't wait to see how they're going to do it. Uh, every day, Valentine's Day, there's a couple married for 75 years. Bless her. She looks better than he does. We'll come round to them in a moment. 14 to 5. Steve Allen on LBC. Everybody agreeing with me? Uh, Stephen Fry, an absolute disgrace at the BAFTAs, taken out and shot, hanged, stripped of his flesh and never to appear on television ever again. Apparently called Prince William Willikins, says Mary. Oh dear, so worrying, isn't it? Dorman Dorm in Hampton is part of the 4am spike, which is good news. And then Ian says, would Katie Hopkins make a good radio phone-in presenter? Um... Interesting. I'd have to listen more to her voice to tell you whether or not. See, the trouble is, sometimes people are very... She has she has done a demo, I know that. She's done a demo here, hasn't she? Yeah. But in fact, I do remember years ago, uh, we employed 
uh, Richard Littlejohn uh, to be a, a radio presenter on LBC. The trouble is, Richard Littlejohn, uh, very funny in print, and uh, but didn't quite deliver on the radio. It didn't quite work. And they had to send him away for voice training because he sounded a little bit, you know, a little bit squeaky. So whether or not Katie Hopkins would work... See, it's OK for them to do a demo. See, I think demos are great, but you've got to keep it up. It's, you know, I've seen a lot of people come into this business to come into various radio stations and they start there and they go, oh, so-and-so's really good. I say, listen, pe- people are good. Let's see 10 years down the line if people have got longevity. You know, you've got to keep adapting, you've got to keep changing and you've got to feel that you enjoy doing it. If you don't enjoy doing something and you find it really tough, you're going to last about five minutes. You know, me, I've got a, ri- a, a, a ride like a rhinoceros. A <laughs> hide like a rhinoceros. <laughs> and it doesn't really bother me. You just have to keep adapting to, you know, if they say, you know, could you do this? Yeah, well, I'll have a try, but I'm not particularly good at it, but I'll, I'll give it a whirl. And that's why. That's why. So some people come in and after a week you can see that they're, they're struggling with something. And you think, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, toast some slices of French bread, generously rub in a clove of garlic, good amount of good quality extra virgin olive oil, put the chopped canned tomatoes on, heat for 20 seconds in the microwave, add salt and pepper, says Mark, and then you can enjoy it. Yeah, I'm not sure at this time of the morning garlic's going to be my, uh, my kind of thing, which is, it's a nice idea, but it's, it's not really for me. I do like garlic. <laughs> Uh, never normally go up north, but just spent a great weekend in Newcastle. What friendly people they are, says Mary. I know. That's quite nice, isn't it, really? You know, people sort of, people, they're generally speaking. You only go up north, don't you, to, to visit parts of your car that have been stolen down south. Uh, here is the, uh, you know, that's what they say, you know, visit Blackpool. Get, get reacquainted with your hubcaps. In the days when people had hubcaps on cars, it shows you how old that joke is, really. Uh, listen to you every morning. Uh, I've heard you say coconut water is very delicious, so I bought a carton yesterday. I've never tasted anything like it. It's horrible. Not for me. I know, I've got a friend of mine. You see, I love coconut water. I do. It's got to be pure coconut water. And uh, and I love it because I grew up as a child drinking it. Other people go, ugh, it's horrible. But then I know people who don't like lychees. Whereas I love lychees. Lychees and ice cream. And fresh lychees, even nicer. Once you've got over the fact they've got a blooming stone in the middle of them. <laughs> and, um, oh, I, oh, right. Oh, sorry. I'm going to get a message from somebody this morning, which is quite exciting. I, was, I, I texted a friend of mine yesterday saying, I've just left a present for you in your, in your room. And, uh, and they said, um, uh, be prepared for a message when I get in. So, of course, I assumed home. But, of course, it's, it's get in here. Very excited. Very, very excited. Uh, Valentine's Day. Rubbish, isn't it? Absolute rubbish. Why are people worrying about Valentine's Day? I've got the, uh, no end of friends of mine going, oh, I've got to get this, I've got to get that for the, for the girlfriend. Now, the funny thing, girls don't tend to buy for boys. They just get a card. But that's a terrible waste of money. If you're spending anything over 50p for a card, it's a waste. Why don't you go to Card Factory? They do like 10 cards for a quid. And just buy one that says, I love you, and that's it. Or just cross out, happy birthday, and write, I love you. What's the point of spending like two or three quid on a on a card when somebody they know it's from you? What's the point? I'm not well, I'm not cheap. I just believe in saving for a rainy day. Are you going to buy a card? Oh, for God! Are you going to spend more than three quid on a card and flowers as well? What are you going to go to the filling station on the way home and pick up some dead flowers there in coloured paper? Well, Sainsbury's. Oh God! <laughs> Will they be rosy? I mean, how long have you been together? For God's sake! Why are you still buying this rubbish? Seven years, you've still got to buy it. You must be insecure. You need to tell her, listen, 
Listen, bitch, you know, you cook the tea, you look after the cats, you don't get no card, OK? End of story. You don't have to buy flowers. I mean, honestly, now they're saying, get your order for flowers in quickly and you can get them for Valentine's Day. And they do all sorts of different ones. Lots. Of, I mean, I, th- I do believe that roses are ever so pretty. But you can buy them any day. There's a couple here. They've been married for 75 years. They're very lucky. They've always been comfortably off, so they didn't need to worry about anything. They've got one uh, child. They've now got three grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren. He's 101, Harold is, and his wife, Rene, is 99. They have never squabbled. Well, almost never. And he says that the, the truth is, he says, we love each other. It's as simple as that. We love it. And, and you know, it's so simple. I bet he's not going to send her a blooming Valentine's card. Why would you send a Valentine? I mean, I'm expecting a load of them, of course, as you can well imagine, being on the radio and being such a tremendous personality. People want to go out with me. I don't necessarily want to go out with them, but that doesn't stop people sending in cards. And he, he entertains people by playing the piano at the age of 101. And um, they've been very lucky. They've always done the things that they enjoy doing. They met... He's a retired shopkeeper. He met her at a Methodist holiday camp in Norfolk. They wed in 1940. And the care home manager, Amy, says he's got a bit of a fan club. Isn't that lovely? They're still together. Oh, the trouble is... Don't you worry. Don't you worry. This is the only reason that puts a lot of people off having a relationship, that at some point they're going to leave you. That's why men buy Valentine's cards. It's to go, let's go for another year, shall we? You know, and then people say, oh, we're going to get married. Well, that doesn't prove anything, really. And so you're always worried. I mean, at some point in this this couple's life, and and gorgeous though they are, one of them is going to die. And the other one's going to have to, you know, if you've spent so much time together, 75 years, that's like, wow, that is just so amazing. So that's the only thing, that's the only reason puts me off having a relationship. I can't, you know, it's, it's a bit, I mean, whereas poor old, um, that boy over the weekend who works on LBC, uh, Christo, he's desperate for relationship. He's so desperate for relationship. He practically appeals on air. Well, the trouble is he doesn't appeal. And, um, and he's sort of, he's, he's desperate, desperate to find a relationship. But I always think if you're looking for a relationship, you're never going to find one. If, if you're not looking for one, you'll find one. But if you deliberately go out on Valentine's Day thinking, I've definitely got to find a relationship, you won't find anybody. You won't. You will go home alone and you'll sit there sobbing into your cup of cocoa. You know, if you're going to find some... I don't even believe that dating agencies work all that well. I think that's all a little bit contrived. So we don't go for things like that. Just sort of, you know, you might find somebody at work that you like. Or not. You know, sometimes people do. People have... I mean, I've known lots of relationships at, at work. I mean, I've not had relationships at work, but I know lots of people that do have them because you spend so much time here. Dave says, who said romance is dead in your life? (laughs) And Ian says, as you've lasted 39 years plus VAT, I think you've passed the radio test. It's an interesting thing, actually. I get no end of people who've written to me or I've bumped into over the years asking, what's the secret of getting a job on the radio? I said, there isn't actually a secret. I wish there was. I wish there was a formula. But there's no formula for anything. You know, there's no formula for keeping a relationship together. Because if there was, you'd just learn it and then you'd stick with that. I suppose for this couple, they don't spend very much time apart. And that that works. For some couples, it's separate bedrooms. That seems to work. You know, for other couples, they can't imagine life without the other person. You know, some some people are very good with relationships. Other people just can't do... They're just not good with relationships. It's, you know, that's, that's the, but everybody's different. Every single person is different, including the rudest pensioner in Britain. Here he is, John O'Neill, Scottish born. He comes from Greater Manchester. He spends the day downing alcohol. 
by terrorising locals. Oh, so he's a drunk. OK. Nobody's escaped his uh, acid tongue. He's, been cl- he's clocked up 235 offences. And uh, he's been found slumped. He's a drunk. He's a drunk. There's nothing you can do to him. He's been described as a judge, as a, as a thorough nuisance. And that's what he is. He's a silly little, silly little person who's a nuisance. And I don't know what you do with nuisances. I mean, by the time he's actually consumed whiskey and cannabis, he has no memory of what's happened. That was his defence. To be honest with you, I mean, let's just lock him up, throw away the key. I mean, who cares about him? You know, if somebody's been jailed for the 52nd time, quite clearly it's going in one ear and coming out the other. It's not lasting, is it? Not lasting at all. Uh, other stories which are in the uh, the papers for today. I was hoping to find something that was uh, that was really light. And then I keep coming back to looking at Madonna and what she's wearing at the at the Grammys. It's the most odd outfit. It really is. Uh, but Sam Smith looks very, looks very happy, as indeed he would. Uh, Madonna... Um, I mean, just perhaps it's it's I don't think it's the shock value anymore. I don't think she she's able to shock. I think it's just the fact she needs the attention. And if you know, if if she the best she ever looked was when she went with Michael Jackson, I think, to the Oscars and he was performing uh, or was she performing? And she looked like Marilyn Monroe. She looked sensational. Ali Ross talks about the price. CBB paid £500,000, but the price was very cheap. She was, as everybody said, vile, disgusting, foul-mouthed. And, uh, and that's a mother of children. I'm sure they must be absolutely delighted. That's our mother, the foul-mouthed old past-it troll. Because that's about the best description for her. Remember the bouncer dad, super scrounger, 26 kids. Uh, the reason he, uh, he's got 26 kids is because he was a bouncer... And he said that it was easy to pick up women. So I think he's got 22 or 26 children with 15 different women. Oof, disgusting, isn't it, really? Uh, the food blogger who's leapt to his death from the restaurant. This fifth to do so in London. They've got to do something about it. It's getting ridiculous. Uh, the respected news presenter taken off the air for a string of fake stories, mainly about himself. Uh, butter is not bad for you, after all. Which is good news. I don't think you're supposed to go mad with it. And uh, the doctor's receptionist. Apparently they're grumpy and they're not nice to you. Want to come round to mine? They're absolutely fantastic. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. That and more's next. One. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. We found a man who's so obsessed with Dolly Parton that he spent £10,000 amassing a Dolly Parton collection. Good grief. He's got hundreds and hundreds. He comes from Cockermouth in Cumbria. He says, I've got 150 CDs, 50 books, every album she's ever released, posters, photographs, T-shirts and everything. He never saw her perform till 2002. Good Lord. Uh, the Samsung Smart Television, it can hear you. Slightly worrying. Colleen Nolan goes to war with Katie Hopkins on the television and makes herself look a bit a bit of a bully, I'm afraid. Uh, the driver in Aberdeen. They will find him using earphones, a mobile and a laptop whilst driving. Sam Smith cleans up and feeling peckish. Eat a dahlia, ladies and gentlemen. Eat a dahlia, honestly. I mean, how desperate do you have to be to eat a dahlia? I quite like dahlias. I quite like, in fact, I like, I like flowers full stop. I used to buy a lot of flowers, and then I suddenly realised that central heating was fatal for flowers. So if you're thinking of buying flowers for your loved one, for your girly, or your boyfriend on Valentine's Day, make sure the heating's off. Because you'll buy them, they look lovely, and then you take them out and they go, Pfft, don't buy, uh, what are those ones that droop? 
There's, there's, there's one particular flower that, that droops. It'll come to me in a moment. Don't worry, I'm having, a, I'm having one of my senior moments. And, um, and you, you, you want flowers that last a long time. You know what lasts a long time? Carnations. That's why they put them in all the Chinese restaurants. They last forever. You know, you can have a carnation. If you start buying roses, after a while the head will drop off. Don't buy anything from the side of the road. Uh, gerberas are those ones. If you're going to buy gerberas, they look very... They're the vibrant colours. They look like big daisies. Reds, pink... Uh, all sorts of different colours. They need wiring. You have to wire a gerbera. So you wind the wire round and stick it in the top and so it keeps it erect. OK. Just wanted to say that this morning, just in case you were having trouble with droopy gerberas because they don't look so good. And uh, there will be places that will charge a fortune. And I can guarantee now that the papers will be going out there finding from all the posh shops how much they charge for Valentine's Day. And it'll be everything up to, you know, th- there'll be some story, won't there, in the paper. There always is. About some girl and her boyfriend sent her 200 red roses or something. You know. Right, reminds me of the, the joke, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I can't do it. I just realised it's far too rude. <laughs> thought I was Stephen Fry for a moment, and uh, certainly wouldn't be going down that route, I'm afraid. Uh, the police ordering the local news agents to name the customers who bought Charlie Hebdo. It's not the police, it seems to be some isolated police officers. I'd be looking quite carefully at them, just to find out. Peter Sutcliffe is preparing for his funeral. Fantastic. Uh, I don't know how you need to prepare for it. Just a bin liner and out for the rubbish, as far as I'm concerned. June says, I've made a Valentine car for my husband. Inside it says, love is spending the rest of your life with someone you want to kill. Because you know if you did, you'd miss them. Awful, isn't it, really? Yes. You will spend a lot of money. It's an American thing. I don't know why we spend so much money on Valentine's cards. And, you know, in, in Poundland, you've got all of this stuff there. And I just don't understand why you do it. For that one day in the year, you, you tell somebody that you love them or you fancy them or something like that. And the card could cost you anything up to about six quid, I would think. Six pounds, and they'll just look at... They know it's from you. Who else is it going to be from? If it's from somebody else, you're worrying. A couple accused of having 271 stolen Picasso artworks are due in court today. It's an interesting one. This is in... Um, I think this is in uh, in Paris. They've got 271 Picasso art. Good God. That's rivaling a gallery, isn't it? That's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, there's other stories in the paper today. A thief stole flowers... Uh, laid at the scene where a young lad was killed by a lorry. A man was seen taking his time looking through all the tributes for picking up the biggest bouquet and walking away. Dear me, what sort of people are there out there? I think we know what sort of people uh, there are out there. And uh, a housing centre for migrants has put up a sign ordering parking for Lithuanians only. Have you heard of such a thing? Furious locals spotted the red and white notice in the window of the Victorian house. The sign even threatens to tow away any cars parked there that are not from the East European country, once part of the former Soviet Union. The Lithuanian Catholic Centre in West Bridgeford uh, rents rooms online at £350 a month to foreign students. Angry homeowners have branded it a right cheek. I agree. Absolutely. Information about the, uh, apparently, somebody says here, a lot of cars that park there bear Lithuanian plates. You know, if you're more than six months in the country, if you don't change them over, you're liable for arrest. So I've mentioned that now. Uh, Gaz Beadle, whoever he is, I've never even known who's Gaz Beadle, for God's sake. Where he, he fails to recognise a former flame when she, pri- when she surprises him in X on the beach. This is where a, a low bunch wrench of old tarts, and that's the fellas, bump into a load of definitely low rent uh, old tarts. And uh, he claims to have slept with over a thousand women. Struggles with his recall on this person. I mean, to be honest, I don't know who they are, half them. And then TOWIE star George Harrison has been dropped from the show 
After one series, Insider said the blonde wouldn't return for the new run after bosses decided she didn't have enough big plot lines to offer. I've never even heard of her. George Harris. Who is she? Nobody. A source said every cast member sits down with the producers before the new series to talk about their future. George was told bosses didn't believe she had enough big storylines coming up. James Arge Argent, the useless waste of space. That's the one whose sister is so desperate she appears on Take Me Out. Which is not so good, is it, really? Uh, Troubled James. Troubled. I love that expression. Troubled James. Whenever people have got a slight problem with little things, they uh, they call them troubled. He'll not be seen at the start of the series. Insiders say he could return later on. I don't know why. He's the most boring person in it. He doesn't contribute anything. Absolutely nothing at all. Which is, uh, which is a shame, really. So cold, I put the heating on, says Sophie. Have you tried eggy bread yet? No, I can't quite bring myself to do it. I can't... I mean, I can't... Yeah, I mean, I... I probably should, but I'm I'm just not gonna not gonna go down that route. I'm afraid I'm, I might get round to it at some later stage in my life. And uh, as you know, says Neil, this is the BT update. Do you remember this one? He had 27 days of no business broadband and internet. I took your advice and turned down uh, an offer of 229 pounds and wrote to the CEO of BT. I've now been contacted. Re my complaint. Because I said to him, do not be fobbed off from BT. They're a big company. They don't want bad publicity. Don't waste your time talking to the monkey. Talk to the organ grinder. They're now offering six months broadband and six months line rental, making a total of £594, which is a little better than the last final offer. And to be honest, I will accept it and hopefully draw a line under the whole miserable farce. I still want to know how the disconnections actually happened. He was cut off twice and he wants reassurances You know, I don't know about you, but I, like many of your listeners, probably never read the terms and conditions. And uh, unbelievably, the letter I've received states that there is no actual compensation due under our terms and conditions. But you write to the boss every time and you say you expect more. You know, I mean, in this particular case, I would accept that. I thought that would probably be the thing that they, they come up with. It is a cruel world. It's very tiring. It's very exhausting. And in the end, you kind of just hold your hands up and they bully you. And it doesn't matter whether it's BT or anybody else. They bully customers. And, uh, you know, if you, hadn't, if you hadn't written to head office and said, listen, this is just not acceptable. It's really not acceptable. And if you threaten to take it to the papers, generally, the pa- that's what That's Life was very good at. People would, would go to That's Life and, uh, and they would sort of do the complaining on your behalf. Or a newspaper would do the complaining. And that way you got results because the rest of the time they just fob you off. They just fob you off. So now you've got the six months of that. It's, you know, it's something. But to be honest with you, for what you've been put through, it's, it's nothing at all, is it really? Nothing at all. Apparently, you can put a few coins in the water, says Keith, uh, to keep them erect. Two peas. Well, for gerberas, really. See, the trouble is the, the weight of the gerbera flower is, uh, is, so, is so big that it does tend to droop after a while. I bought some flowers. What did I buy? Some flowers. I think it must have been a whole bunch of gerberas. Put them in there. And then they all just sort of flopped forward. So the advice really, Keith, is not buy, I think, um, gerberas for people for Valentine's Day. Buy them something a little bit more, something a bit woody. And just remember, if you're doing roses and you want to keep them and, uh, and they're nice, bang the stems at the bottom. OK, so bang them and then it spreads the, uh, the fibre out and that means they'll draw up more water. A friend of mine used to do different coloured carnations. She used to do green carnations or blue carnations. And what she did, she just stuck them in a bucket of water and, uh, and put some vegetable dye in there. And because of the capillary action on, the, on that particular flower, it drew the colour up inside it. 
So if somebody had a bouquet for a wedding and they wanted green carnations, then she'd put some green, some green colouring in. It's always quite clever, actually. But uh, just remember, bang out the things and then put them in water. Apparently a bit of sugar always works, doesn't it, I believe? You can get plant food, but honestly, sugar is just as good. I'm feeling that fizzy water's fairly good. It's uh, j- just to keep them as, uh, as erect as possible, Keith. You know, that's, the, that's the way forward, I believe. That is the way forward. Uh, Maddie <clears throat> used to work uh, at LBC... Uh, for about three years, when we were in Gough Square, and uh, she said, and she sent me in a picture after her her three years, she left, left LBC, and she sent me in a picture of me and Richard Robbins, and uh, his office was off reception, uh, where I worked. He shared the office with Lawrence Spicer, and uh, thought you might like it. So I'm losing my voice a bit now. I'm getting a bit. Uh, I, I printed it off this morning. I've stuck it on the wall. I, I look like a boy band member in this picture. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send it on to Paul Easton for him to put on the LBC website. I've got loads of pictures I brought in this morning, uh, taken back at Gough Square, the old studios, when we ripped them out downstairs. It looks a bit like our studio down here at the moment, which is going to be all singing, all dancing, all high tech. But uh, I might send this on. Because it's, uh, it's quite a nice picture of me. I'd forgotten how good-looking I was. My God, the ageing process is rubbish, isn't it, Maddie? But uh, nice to hear from you. Thank you for that. I keep hearing from people from my past. I hope that's a good indication. I hope it is. And uh, Junior says, I've just finished your book. You tell it how it is. I keep dipping back in. It's so true to life. When are you doing the sequel? Uh, I don't know yet. I don't know. Somebody had the somebody was saying to me, "Oh, it's not your book." I thought, "Of course, it's my book. You can tell it's my book. They're all my words. Every single one of those words I've sweated over. Every single one of them. And that's why it's like it had to be like the program. There's no point in it being anything else because nobody would believe a word of it." Oh, Tim's brought some sweets back from L.A. But they won't be there when we get out, will they? I can just tell be, the sweeties out by the desk. Will it'll be? No, no. I've got I've got two two satsumas here. That's I'm going to survive on on satsumas today. And a tin of tomatoes. Yeah, perhaps they'll bring them in as, they, as, as we talk about them. Perhaps they'll walk past and drop some in. What sort of sweets do they have in America? Do they have nice sweets in America? No, they're not great, are they, really? Oh, well, never mind. Can't have it all, can we? Quarter past five. Leading Britain's conversation. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. This morning from seven on LBC. Day two of breakfast in America. And Nick Ferrari over there. Over here... You can call the Commissioner. Put your questions to the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Sir Bernard Hogan Howe. Also today, David Cameron will be saying that Britons deserve a pay rise. Times are good, but are they? And when's the last time you got a bump in your pay packet? Nick, as you know, is uh, over there with the snow in Boston. He's in New York, and he'll be looking at the property market in the good old US of A. I love looking at the property market in America. I really do. They have some. They have great descriptions of their houses. Florida, you can pick up a great bargain. Bearing in mind, if you're buying property in America, theirs doesn't go up like ours. So, in other words, if you buy property on an estate that costs you, say, 160,000 quid, and that would be considered quite a lot of money on some of these gated properties, in about five years' time, it's still going to be worth 160,000. They don't go up like our properties do. A friend of mine's bought a few times in America, and you get a lot for your money. But there again, you're on a gated estate. They've got different grass from us. Their grass is very coarse. It's not like our nice grass. And um, a friend of mine bought a house over there. He paid under 150000 for four double bedrooms, swimming pool, uh, kitchen, um, uh, dressing room. What was the other thing he had? Laundry room, double garage with electric doors and storm windows. I mean, phenomenal value, literally phenomenal value. But uh, you go to the big, uh, the big Apple, and you're paying a lot 
of money for properties. Nothing to spend 45, 60, 80, 100 million for, for some really, you know, some Central Park uh, things. So have a listen to Nick Ferrari this morning. And looking at the papers today, Emma Crosby, the Channel 5 News presenter. That's all after the morning news with Lisa Aziz on LBC. Uh, more on this runaway truck. And uh, it just lost control. It's an HGV ploughed into pedestrians in Bath in Somerset. Pupils flocked out to meet the parents. And uh, I think four people were killed in total. It's an absolute disaster. We've had this a few times, haven't we? When we had that, uh, that thing in, in Glasgow, the, the truck that went uh, out of control there. Uh, Colleen Nolan makes the papers today. Uh, she went to war with Katie Hopkins when the reality TV star refused to apologise for offensive tweets about her sister. Yes, I mean, what's it got to do with Colleen Nolan? Anyway, uh, loose women descended into chaos as Katie defended her remarks about cancer survivor Linda Nolan's fat arm and droopy breasts during their live TV debate. Explaining that Linda has had breast cancer, uh, Colleen said, as a family, that was really, really hard. Oh, don't be so stupid. Grow up. Grow up. Silly old bag, honestly. As a family, that was really hard. Yeah, right. Well, just get over yourself. You've said horrible things about people, Colleen, so why should it be any different? And then she turned to her and said, you know, can you imagine anybody saying that about your family? And Katie said, I get insults every day. I accept what people throw at me. If you put yourself out there on TV, you have to expect people won't like you. Colleen asked why Kate repeatedly tweeted the insults during her sister's stint on a celebrity big brother. Uh, Kate had taken to social media at the time and tweeted, boring old woman, probably smells of wee. She's revolting. Her knockers are somewhere near her ankles. When Colleen became visibly upset, fellow Loose Women panellist Janet Street Porter stepped in and asked Hopkins, do you think talking about a cancer victim having a droopy breast is constructive? A cancer victim, dear. Kate says she wasn't trying to be constructive, but witty. She then drew gasps from the audience. Have you seen the audience there for Loose Women? Really? They're all sitting on plastic chairs. They all look a bit peculiar. And, um... And then she confronted another panellist, uh, Ruth Langsford. Kate said, we could talk about this for the next 15 minutes or you could move it on. And the outspoken star insisted that Nadia Sawala behaved worse than her, her on CBB. She said, I don't think I'm a bully. I think Nadia's a bully. Katie then told Colleen she could tut all you like before telling a shock street porter, if you ask me a question, it's probably useful I answer it. But the presenter blasted back, don't patronise me. I want to see you love old Janet Street Porter. She's so past her sell-by date, but so funny at the same time. But uh, she was put on there deliberately. The whole thing was, it's, it's a stage thing to try and get an audience for loose women, which frankly lost its way. Seriously, it's, it's just, I don't know what they, they bother putting Colleen on there for. She doesn't, doesn't say anything constructive at all. Um, you must be really lucky with your doctors. I get this from a load of people. Uh, dealing with these ladies is a nightmare. Well, do you know, we must have the best doctor's surgery going then. Because, frankly, I mean, I've never had a complaint at all. Then somebody said, uh, of course they're brilliant. They don't want you to slate them on air. They're brilliant to everybody. Absolutely everybody. I've never seen them. You know, they're helpful. Absolutely. I don't under what, you know, I don't think, you know, that you could ever actually um, ever sort of be rude about them. They are so good. So, so good. Mo says, I hate Valentine's Day. My husband died on that day in 91. He was only 45, so I get fed up with all the hype. I get bored with it, full stop. Uh, Florence says, I also got the same tin tomato dilemma at Tesco's on Saturday. Couldn't fathom out the 50p and the £3.50. I wouldn't normally complain about things like that. I'm not that sort of person. I never could, you know, so tin tomatoes, £2. 
you know, two pounds for four, a bargain. 50p a tin. Good God, I mean, that's four days' food, isn't it? At least. At least. Lovely. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And uh, another one here. I'll be 73, says Malcolm, on Feb the 15th. So if I get any cards at my time of life, I pretend they're belated Valentine's cards. <laughs> Tell me seriously you don't. Really? <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at It's uh it's, it's a lovely Tuesday. It's a lovely Tuesday here. I don't know what the weather's like in, in Boston. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that they've actually got still that snow that they had the other day, which, which looked ever so pretty, but it's, it's completely, you know, completely ruined poor old Boris over there at the moment. Uh, and then Rob says, you're only jealous you haven't got a valentine. Oh, darling, I can get valentines like that. Seriously. If you were as successful as I am, Rob, you wouldn't be living in dreary old Tottenham, would you? But that's about the extent of it. We know how dull Tottenham is, you know. I mean, really, what a boring place to live. What a boring place. I, I, I drove through it once. I keep the doors locked, of course. I'm not, uh, I'm not daft in that situation. Uh, don't think, says Christine, that uh, Miss Hopkins would have a long-time radio career. She has an annoying voice, quite droney. Oh, I don't know, I heard her on Sunday with Stig. I thought she sounded good. Oh, the good news is, I knew there was a piece of good news I was going to give you. Remember that uh, man who was uh, mugged, Alan Barnes, the little man, and they got £330,000. They've, uh, they've arrested somebody. They've arrested somebody. And... Um, He's going to be appearing in court on today. Appearing in court today. So that's good news, isn't it? Uh, 1,100 super-rich tax cheats, one conviction. This is after Britain's biggest bank slammed for helping rich customers dodge tax. I think they don't call... I mean, I don't know why they call it dodging tax. It's called trying to not pay as much tax as you probably would have to. And all super-rich people do it. You know, everybody. If anybody's got a foundation, what they're doing, they're channelling their money into that so they don't have to pay as much tax. I would love to see a list of the so-called super-rich people. Not the, not, not the coffee shops and things like that, but I would like to see a, a, a list of you know, the pop stars. If we're told that Jerry Halliwell put £800,000 into a, into a scheme that was legal, but, the, but the, the tax office are looking at them thinking, well, I don't know whether or not we like this. It's in an effort to reduce somebody's tax bill. I want to know how much tax she paid. That's what I want to know. Is it channelled th- through a company? Could we have a list of how much tax the Beckhams paid? Because they divide their time, don't, don't they, between here and America. So are they paying British tax, or are they paying American tax, or are they not paying tax? I'd be curious to find out, you know, the money that they've got in, you know, how much tax are they paying? How much they pay their agent? I want to know, you know, I want to know all these sort of things. I think it should be, you know, in the same way that anybody who's got a company, you can actually check it out. You can see how much money went through their, their company. It's not, not difficult to find. Uh, shh. Not in front of the television. Apparently, the Samsung smart sets listen to every word. And uh, it's a new voice recognition feature. Samsung has advised viewers of its next generation sets not to discuss family secrets in front of the box because it will listen to every word before sending it off to a third party. What? What? The South Korean firm's privacy poly for its, uh, policy for its smart TV warns, if your spoken words include personal or other sensitive information, that information will be among the data captured and transmitted to a third party. What? What? A Samsung spokesman said, our smart TV voice recognition can be activated or deactivated by the user who can easily recognise if it's on thanks to a microphone icon on the screen. 
Why on earth would it be on there in the first place? So in other words, you might be sitting there on the phone to the bank, passing on your details and everything else like that, and the television's hearing it and passing it on to somebody else. Whoa, don't buy Samsung. I mean, that's a bit dangerous, isn't it? Because I can see somebody buying one, and if, you, if you're not clued, you might not know. You might not know. You might see a little microphone thing. It might not make any difference to you at all. Safer not to buy Samsung. Safer to buy something else, in case you're not particularly savvy with, with technology. Ridiculous, isn't it? 84850, uk. I'll try and weave in as, uh, as many of your things as, uh, as we can this morning, your texts and emails. Uh, read the police who wanted names and addresses of people who bought the, uh, the Charlie Hebdo magazine. I didn't know you had to leave a calling card every time you buy a newspaper. Well, I have to leave my details. Well, I mean, if you, if, if you, if you use your local newsagent and they deliver papers to you, they'll have your name and address and they'll have a list of the papers that you have. So presumably that's what they did, but I'm, I'm slightly disturbed as to why the police in Wiltshire and in South Wales, a couple of officers have been it once, only a community officer, went in there to say, have you got the names and addresses of people who bought the Charlie Hebdo magazine? What? That sounds slightly dodgy, doesn't it? I'd want to know what sort of policeman that was who goes, a community police officer goes in and asks that. He must realise he's going to be exposed. The police have had to apologise because that's not you, that, that's confidential information. Can't go in there and start asking for things like that. Who is this police officer? Let's find out who he is, please. I need to. I need to know. Uh, what else? Driven to distraction. Motorist filmed at rush hour, surrounded by all these gadgets. This is a very stupid driver. I can't work out whether it's staged or whether it's genuine. He's listening on his earphones. He's got. He's using his phone and he's got the laptop on. I mean, it, it just doesn't seem possible, does it? Really. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Tuesday, 10th of February. It's breakfast in America. Nick Ferrari, day two in the Big Apple. And uh, all that snow that came down yesterday in Boston. We'll find out today just how good or bad things are. I like the idea he's going to look at the property market over there. I'm fascinated by that. Because uh, if you had loads of money, then you'd probably want a place around the world, wouldn't you? Different places. Then I thought, why would you? Why not just stay in hotels? Much, much nicer. Um, there's a story about um, Bob Hoskin and uh, David Baddiel saying that, you know, to snub him at the BAFTAs really was a, a little bit shocking. Uh, BAFTAs said they did include a tribute to Hoskins during their TV awards last May and stars are featured in obituaries only once. And that's it. That's all you get from BAFTA. That's all you get. Stephen Fry's new husband has revealed that laughter binds them together. Elliot Spencer apparently has given up stand-up. I wasn't even aware he was a comedian. To be honest with you, I mean, I thought I knew every single comedian working, but quite clearly I don't. He's a writer and comedian, 30 years, Stevens Jr. He says the age gap's no problem. No, I no problem with that at all. But he says um, he's, uh, he's having a break from stand-up to concentrate on his photography. So he was writing, now he's doing photography. In other words, he hasn't quite decided what he wants to do. He says, so I'm going to take lots of pictures and then hold an exhibition so Stephen and all our friends can see my work. I mean, it's 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 very sweet, but I mean, I didn't even know he was known for stand-up. So now he's going to now he's going to be known, I suppose, for uh, for doing photography. It sounds a bit like trying lots and lots of different things and not really sort of focusing on any one at all. Uh, TV crew fleeing a street show in an acid threat. This is Channel 4's Immigration Street. They had to abandon shooting the controversial TV series after gangs threatened to throw acid over them. I think they should be exposed. Gangs, if you please. And uh, this is in Southampton. 
High level of immigrant residents meant to run for six episodes now be a little bit shorter. Police are investigating the beating. Bosses said one resident who agreed to take part was so badly beaten he had to be taken to hospital. They were they were pelted with rocks. Who are this filth who live down there? Who are these people? You know, I think they should they should be investigated and, if necessary, dragged before the courts. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. People are filming down there. They're doing a thing on Immigration Street. And these people are throwing rocks and slashing car tyres. I don't think so. I think our courts are far too wet and drippy, I'm afraid. I think we need to start building some bigger prisons. Just shove them all in there. Make it so much easier. Uh, Lamb, the scam. One in five takeaways. And uh, uh, contaminated with other meat. If you're Jewish or or only halal, you might be a little bit disappointed. And uh, the FSA say that consumers need to know the food is what it says on the menu. And they found beef, chicken or pork were used instead in 65 out of the 307 curries, burgers and kebabs tested by the Food Standard Agency. I want to know where. I want to know where. I'm not interested in telling us this because it's like saying uh, somebody in your block's got a gun, but we're not going to tell you who it is. You know, I want to know about these places. I want to know who's actually cheating on the on the food. That's what we want to know, isn't it? I want to know the names and addresses of these places. Then we can avoid them. With a bit of luck, close them down, because I've always been cheating you for ages and ages. Still can't work out why Alex Gerard is uh, wandering all by her little lonesome with a photographer in L.A. off to the Grammys. What are you to do? You're nothing to do with anything, dear. And also, I mean, you just look slightly odd. I mean, there's no car. There's no doubt. Just walking on a pavement. She could be going out shopping, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, they've obviously decided they're going to try and get some publicity. And she's obviously got an agent to try and drum up some sort of interest. But have you ever seen her being interviewed? Oh! <gasps> Seriously, she makes Katie Price look interesting. Um, 84850 Steve at uk. Uh, lots of stories about Sam Smith, whereas yesterday it was Eddie Redmayne, today Sam Smith in all the papers, which is lovely. And uh, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift are apparently enemies. And Kanye West was the world's most miserable man. He's the one who's married to that Kardashian creature, isn't he, really? Rita Ora... I can't quite work out Rita Ora, but uh, Record of the Year was Sam Smith. Song of the Year was Sam Smith. Stay with me. Album of the Year was Beck. Uh, Best New Artist, Sam Smith. Best Pop Vocal Album, Sam Smith. (laughs) Sam Smith just walked it. The trouble is, you've got to keep up the standard, haven't you? It's no good just sort of doing well first. You've got to come up with more. And quite clearly, people people liked his, uh, his song because people identified with it. And uh, and it was good. I I bought the album. I thought the album was great. I could have downloaded it, but uh, I didn't. I went out and bought it because I'm a good person. I'm the kind of person who likes uh, who likes buying an album because I like owning it. I don't I don't just like downloading from uh, from iTunes or something like that. Eight four eight five zero. I've given up, Steve, on loose women. No brains visible, predictable, and repetitively boring. Well, it is Patsy when they when they use people like Colleen. No, she's just not interesting. She's looking, she's the cheap laugh there. She's, she's the silly old woman at the end who, you know, they go, she was one of the Nolans. Ah, she was long after that, long after that. And it's a bit dreary. Kevin says, that TV that listens makes it sound like 1984 is getting closer by the day. Not much by the day, by the second. And as for the PCSO asking for who bought Charlie Hebdo, proves that they're just a waste of time and money. Glorified traffic wardens and busybodies. We need real coppers. I was disappointed to read yesterday that the number of traffic policemen has fallen. I like the traffic policemen. I like I like all policemen. I have to. There's loads of them who listen to this programme. 
But uh, I like all policemen, but I'm not too sure about the uh, about the PCSOs, the plastic policemen, they used to call them, didn't they? And uh, just glorified traffic wardens. I mean, you know, wasn't, uh, so he just went in off his own back, did he? Or was he taking orders from on high? Somebody saying, can you go in there and find out who actually bought it? Let's have their names and addresses. That's what, I, that's what worries me more, that you're handing them on to somebody. You don't know who they are. You don't know who this person is. That's why I think there should be something else on there. Uh, Brian Williams is 55. Brian Williams is, uh, is a respected news presenter. And uh, he presents the NBC Nightly News in America. The news presenters over in America become bigger than ours could ever imagine. They're seen by millions and millions of people. Anyway, he's off the air. He lied about being attacked in the Iraq war, as bosses probe claims. He's made up other stories, too. Uh, Brian has stepped down temporarily after admitting he made a mistake recalling his flight in a Chinook there in 2003. Williams, America's most trusted name in news, repeatedly said his helicopter was hit by a grenade and that just last week spoke of it being forced down. He said, our team was kept alive by the US Army. It sparked fury among soldiers who were in the actual aircraft that was hit. And he said sorry for a fog of memory. That's what they call it, a fog of memory. And he's now been accused of lying about other major events, such as Hurricane Katrina, which helped his career soar. A source said there's a huge cloud hanging over his credibility. It appears that Brian would stop at nothing to get what he wanted, even if it meant lying to millions. In 2006, he claimed he'd watched a dead man float face down past his hotel in floodwater after Katrina in New Orleans. But a former city health director insisted there were no bodies in the area that Williams was staying in. The award-winning journalist says he also got dysentery. Officials said it was almost impossible. His conflicting stories about saving puppies in a fire also raised eyebrows, whilst his claim he was held at gunpoint in a quiet suburb were questioned by locals. NBC says it was investigating to make sense of all that's happened. He's quite clearly a compulsive liar. He's quite clearly a compulsive liar. He's somebody who just makes it up. Oh, there was a shooting. I was there. I was there. I was watching it. And, uh, and when Katrina... I helped out in Katrina. I was in this Chinook when it was hit by a grenade. He's just... He's quite clearly mad as a toothbrush. He's mad as a toothbrush, and they're going to... I mean, you know, the latest from the news liar is, yes, I was there uh, at the death of Hitler. Uh, I was going to do an interview with him. Also, I was there when they landed on the moon. And so, in other words, he just tell lies. Of course, the reason that you watch, he'll, he'll be rested now, and they'll say he's, he's, he's going to have a bit of a rest, and he's going to be sort of looking after himself, and you think, it's because he's mad. It's because he's mad, and he started believing it. But they are huge in America. They really are. Huge. More on Sam Smith. Oh, dear, can't move for Sam Smith. And uh, the little girl among the four dead as the tipper truck careers out of control down a suburban road. The tragic echo, I suppose, of that bin lorry which killed six people. The driver said he had no recollection of anything at all. The UK cheated out of millions. Nightclub tycoon, top shops, chief's wife and a £2 million wad of cash. All here... Cameron and Balls under fire as ministers play the blame game. Leaked files spark claims that rich and super rich use the HSBC to hide the cash. Amazing. And then the Prime Minister partying with the kings and queens of Sleaze. David Gold and his daughter Jacqueline. Family business? Porn. Uh, Karen Brady um, works for David Sullivan. 
I like, you know, I've, I've, I've worked with David Sullivan on a few occasions. He was one of the few genuinely nice people that I bumped into. Seriously. I just, I don't, and yet he's kept a very low profile. Very low profile. But I liked him a lot, actually. I remember doing a charity thing for him. And we were trying to raise a lot of money. And he, he, he paid the money. He coughed up the money. He was good. Uh, the viewers tell Fry the BAFTAs aren't all about you. Oh, you would think, actually, it was really just about Stephen Fry and his boyfriend. You know, which is terribly tedious. I think what basically the BAFTA says to you is that you're all peasants and we are the creative ones. That's what it says. I think that's what it says anyway. Uh, Hot in green, it's Helen Mirren. Something about her. She's 69. And uh, I don't know how you walk in these dresses, but there again, Danny LaRue used to walk in in dresses like that. And uh, and he managed it, so if he can manage it, I'm sure that Helen Mirren can. She looks amazing, actually. Green is her colour, but there again, every dress I've seen her in appears to be her colour. She's just very lucky that she can uh, she can wear just about anything. 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, oh, crikey, I've just pushed the wrong button, sorry. Uh, Terry the Cab says, keep on telling us how it is. That's what we want to hear. It's what everybody's saying, isn't it? That's, you know, Wendy in Farnborough says, you talk about Colleen Nolan's boobs. Well, I mean, not intentionally on the programme, no. She says, um, uh, Beth of TV programme, Dog and Beth, USA Bounty Hunters are so... I've seen that Bounty Hunter programme, have you seen? That's very odd. I think he's slightly, he's slightly odd. I wouldn't want to bump into him in a dark alley any time soon. He's very strange. They go round and they, they obviously have these bounty hunters in America where they say, can you go and find this person and you can, you can get money on them. And he goes in there like he's some sort of military thing, but he's very strange. He's very strange. It's like that man who does the, uh, the, the, uh, the bins where they open them up and they bid on the contents of these, uh, of these sealed off units. He's, he's slightly odd as well. Uh, Dennis says, have you booked uh, Katie Price for an interview yet? I would so love to hear that one. I, I couldn't, I really... Somebody asked me the other day, they said, would you ever talk to Katie Price? I said, through a medium, yes. Through a medium, I'd be more than happy to do it. But uh, the rest of it, you know, definitely not. Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. I feel I may have given you some wrong advice. I feel I may have to apologise on the programme this morning. You can tell by the way I'm saying it that it's not really a proper apology. When I said, if you're feeling peckish, you could try a dahlia, I didn't mean the actual flower. What I meant was, because I've now read it further, it's the tuber. It's the tuber. When the flowers have fallen in the autumn, just in case people are sort of collapsing at the moment, uh, you dig up the fleshy tubers and you cook them as you would a potato, mash, boil, roast or fry. There you go. And those leaves I couldn't think of, you know, the, the petals, nasturtiums. Nasturtiums. Very nice. Pansies and violets. Pretty flowers that have a peppery taste and jazz up a salad. Uh, electric daisies, similar to popping candy. The flowers add a zing to desserts or drinks. And borage, which is the blue starry flowers, frozen into ice cubes, add a mild cucumber-like flavour to pims or gin and tonic. Isn't that cute? You'll be trying that later, I should imagine. Not. Don't eat the flowers, though. I'm not sure whether or not they're really, really bad for you. <laughs> They've got pictures of Boris here. They say, uh, another day, another foreign trip for Boris. And uh, here he is in Boston. As the I mean, there's literally, he's in the middle of a snowdrift. It is the biggest snowdrift you've ever seen in your entire life, poor soul. I don't know. And uh, stop being so grumpy with the patients. The, uh, the training for doctors receptions. They need to come to my surgery. They need to come to my surgery. My surgery, you know, they're the nicest people you could ever imagine. Why would they not be? They are the... Li I mean, if ever I go in there and, uh, and I've got something the matter with me, which, which is most of the time, 
they're always very good. They'll say, I say, listen, I, I need a blood test, and I'll, in about a month's time, they come up with that. If I go in there and go, can I see a doctor today? Uh, they'll go, have a seat, and we'll try and fit you in. And they're, they're very accommodating. But not just for me, they do it for everybody. They're just like that. They're a nice little team of people. Nice little team of people. Um... Poor old Fraser can't sleep. Nothing worse than being an insomniac at this time of the morning, isn't it? Absolutely ghastly. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Actually, funny thing is about the HSBC, and that story's going to rumble on a bit, isn't it, I suspect. It's a case of they nobody's been prosecuted. They've been giving advice to all their super-rich customers. I never thought about that, actually. I never thought that the HSBC would have super-rich customers. I thought coots would have super-rich customers. Quorn's on the increase. Have you seen that? Quorn. That's, that's for people who can't eat meat. And, uh, and so they have stuff that looks like meat. They do corn vegetarian sausages, don't they? So it looks like a sausage. Interestingly enough. Uh, Neil says, uh, I have seen his house. I know, uh, I know uh, David Sullivan's house, Neil, a lot. It's in Thaden Boyce, right uh, in Epping Forest. He had a, he's got his own bowl, bowling alley in there as well. And uh, Teddy is two today. This is uh, his grandson. He said, I'm not sure where two years have gone, but every day spent with him is a pleasure. He says, here I am eating my porridge with a dahlia chopped up in it. I've just spat it out, as you now tell us they're not edible. Stop it. Don't start on that one. <laughs> right, right to the boss of the company. So much easier. But uh, yes, Noreen said exactly the same. She said, can we, can we wish a happy birthday to, uh, to little Teddy as well? And, uh, and there's also somebody else, actually, I've, and I've, I've lost it. I shall find it in... Give me one, one second to find something. I don't want, I'm so worried now that everybody's going to start eating dahlias. I wish I'd never mentioned it. <laughs> wish I'd never mentioned dahlias. But it's the tubers. So uh, wish Teddy, Neil and Lorraine's gorgeous grandson, a very happy second birthday. And belated happy second birthday to Paul Fear's lovely granddaughter for yesterday. Two future listeners born a day apart. So there you go. And uh, you're quite right, Noreen. Yesterday was a, a lovely day. It was a really, really nice day. Uh, watching Channel 5's Benefits Britain, say Manuel and Lorraine, impressed by the amount of extras in stock in the UK for a remake of Deliverance. I wonder whether or not it would be a profitable export, along with the Romanian incomers. I don't know. You see, I mean, I, I can't watch programmes like that. I get too angry. I, I work for a living, like, you know, thousands and thousands of you listening at the moment. So anybody who's on benefits, and I include White D and everybody else who was on benefits for years because she suffered from depression. There's never been any evidence of this. It's a good thing to use. And uh, luckily her, her star is on the wane. She's, she's resorted to taking 200 quid gigs now, which is a little bit worrying. Uh, 84850. I've just listened to you from 4am. You're non-stop, says Umesh. Well, well, I have to, well otherwise you'd have gaps. On the programme, can you imagine? You turn on the programme and you get a nice little burst of excitement and, and fervour and then and it goes quiet for a few minutes. So I'm going to be adding you to my list of early morning listeners. You can be part of the 4am spike, which is, uh, which is good. The 4am spike is, uh, is very popular and, uh, and we talk about it now because it's, it's gone down into broadcasting history. And um, Steve... Um, after years of eating it, I've now become allergic to it. Worth bearing in mind if you were thinking of trying it. What is it? T- oh, corn. corn. See, I've never tried it. My friend Paul Cooper did it the other day. and uh, They all seemed to enjoy it. I'm not sure whether they were being genuine in the shop. And uh, he made this... He's eaten it for quite a while now because he's got to lose a lot of weight. Not easy to lose a lot of weight. So he's, he's on this corn thing. It's never appealed to me. I think if you're going to eat meat, eat meat. Don't eat meat substitute unless you're vegetarian, in which case you probably can't. And uh, I, do you know the whereabouts of Liling, says Maddie. 
Do you know, now now you've reminded me, and I can't remember, I had a story about Liling, and I can't remember what it was, who uh, worked on the reception at LBC. I left LBC an incredible 25 years ago, says Maddie. I did keep in touch with her for a while, but lost contact after I moved out of London. She last lived in Ilford, in Essex. Fabulous to see her again. So if anybody knows where Liling went to, she's going to send me some more pictures from LBC as well. I loved my time at LBC. Great fun. It was. I remember that I can take you to that reception. Of course, the building's gone now, but I can take you to that reception in my mind. And uh, I can walk in there. When you, when you went through the reception, you turned to the right, all the way down the end of the corridor. It's where Paul Easton was. He had a leather couch. That was, that was seen as a little, bit, uh, a little bit posh. Little bit posh. And now he's got that fantastic uh, website which uh, analyses radio figures, and also the one that's got the LBC website on, which has got all those old pictures of LBC. I'm going to send him the ones that I've got. Maddie's got some as well, so she's going to uh, to send them in as well. I feel a bit sorry for a, for a lady who uh, lived in Changwon in South Korea. Well, she still does, actually. And uh, she took an afternoon nap on her settee, obviously, and she left her robotic hoover to uh, to start cleaning up. A lot of people have got these. I, I personally haven't. I've got, you know, a number of vacuum cleaners. But uh, anyway, she was sleeping on the floor as people... I mean, it seems a bit stupid, I know. She's got a robotic vacuum cleaner. Anyway, starts hoovering up her hair because she's obviously got long hair and she hadn't tied it up. So she's sleeping on the floor and yet she can afford to have a robotic vacuum cleaner. And uh, she was sleeping there. Normally the robots have sensors to navigate around the bodies. This one clearly didn't recognise human hair. And so it continued to uh, to sort of suck it. And, of course, she was dragged into it. Because this thing just keeps going. It's just a motor. It just drags the thing in there. It's very embarrassing. Very, very embarrassing. And anyway, they had to uh, to summon the fire brigade to free her at, uh, at a cost of about ten strands of hair. She was suffering quite quite badly. <clears throat> you have to laugh, don't you? I would, oh, it doesn't matter. I can't tell you another story. There's so many stories that I can't tell you on the programme because they, 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 they might appear to be a little bit rude. But we've all had uh, we've all had slight problems, but never had anything with catching your hair in the hoover. That really would be. Oh dear, bad news. The Duchess of York has uh, she's already announced plans to publish a new children's book series based on her childhood at Dummer Down Farm in Hampshire. This is for Sarah Ferguson, uh, but she's also intent on. I think disinterring an old favourite, Budgie the Little Helicopter, which bore a remarkable similarity to somebody else's book which was created back in 1964, called Hector the Helicopter. Anyway, she wouldn't confirm whether Budgie would be reincarnated as a television programme or film. She says, I'm hopefully going to get him animated. And uh, the Daily Mail say, no doubt the family of children's writer Arthur W. Baldwin will be interested to see the return of Budgie, whose uncanny similarity to Hector the Helicopter prompted the Duchess's publisher to put out a statement chalking up any similarity to pure coincidence. Yes, because she's known as a writer, isn't she, of children's books, is our Sarah Ferguson. At the moment, she's trying to flog a, a liquidizer to the Americans, claiming that that's the way she's losing weight. It really is a bit pitiful, really, I suppose. Uh, my doctor's the same. To fit you in, give a phone call and the workers can get a Saturday appointment, says Ron. Yes. Good, isn't it? And um, we're all due a pay rise, says David Cameron. Thanks, says, uh, says this one here. So this is from Chimmer, who says, must be election time soon. I know, it's what you want to hear, isn't it? It's it's what you want to hear. You're all due a pay rise. You must all have a pay rise. Thank you very much indeed. Kevin says, robotic vacuum cleaner. Let's face it, Steve, after Chucky, you've been put off robots. Yes, I agree. 
<laughs> I'd never have a... I think somebody in this building, I'm sure, somebody like James O'Brien, I think, has got one of these these robotic vacuum cleaner type things. But they're not very expensive, are they? They're about £300 or something, which is roughly the same price as you pay for a Dyson. So I'm assuming that, um, that you know, if people like Dysons, then they're going to be going for that. I keep seeing all the pictures in the papers for Valentine's Day delivery. Order by 1pm on Feb the 13th for Valentine's Day arrival. With blooms starting from £22, you're guaranteed to make their Valentine's Day as special as they are. What a load of old balderdash. It really is. But you will be buying them. I know you will. That's, that's why they, they bring them into the shops. And then I always have a look in my Marks and Spencers, because guaranteed the day after, they've got tons of flowers left. Literally tons and tons and tons of flowers. Because I think you're getting wise to it. I don't think you need to actually buy roses. You don't need to have a day whereby you're you're told, you know... That's the thing you have to do. If you want to prove that you love somebody, then you have to sort of buy them red roses or a very expensive card. Never catch me doing it. But there again, that's why I'm single, I should imagine. But I'm far too mean to spend money. I mean, they just open it up and go away from you, Steve. Okay, well, of course it is. Who do you think? Uh, 1,100 super rich tax cheat. Only one conviction. Uh, the food blogger. This is the fifth person. It's becoming quite worrying. They need to do something about it. From this restaurant in uh, in London. Fat is the key to living longer. Apparently, it's quite good for you. Butter, they've said, isn't as bad for you as they first thought. I'm well, hoping that's not going to encourage you all to go completely mad. And uh, feeling peckish, don't eat the flowers of the dahlia. It's after the flowers die. Dig up the tuber and you use that like a, a potato. Peter Sutcliffe prepares for his funeral and Chloe Maidley is laughingly called a model in the papers. A hilarious joke, of course. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you covered. There's a new book, actually. We really should have had it sent out to Nick Ferrari, who's doing Breakfast in America. It uh, reveals the indiscretions, the inclinations and the infatuations of the various men who have called the White House home. Everybody from Clinton, Nixon, Obama, uh, loads of people. Love letters, pet names, drugs, booze, sex. It's all in here. Uh, spare a thought for drivers in Colchester. Uh, the council there have done you a favour. They've lost a million pounds in fines. They failed to turn on a bus lane camera installed five years ago. Dopey, dopey, dopey. And talking of dopey, the hapless teenager who asked for hundreds of ecstasy tablets to be posted to him at home has been caught by the police. He was so thick. Outcries the uh, police order a local news agent to name customers who bought Charlie Hebdo. We don't know whether the... Uh, the report came in from on hire, whether one of them, who was a CPSO, just off their own bat, decided to go in there, which seems slightly odd, doesn't it? Uh, took a random bus ride yesterday, says Rick, went to Withensy, which is in uh, Yorkshire. Yes, I've not been back to Withensy for many a year. I had a very exciting horse ride down Withensy High Street when I was about uh, 15 years old. Frightened the life out of me. Because we used to go riding up around there, because we lived not too far from Withensy. Uh, here's the story of the council, ladies and gentlemen. And before I uh, launch into that, I must tell you that it's Tuesday, the 10th of February, at Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's very nice to have your company. Nick is uh, live in America. Boris is in Boston. <laughs> well, we think he's in Boston. We're not too sure. And, of course, uh, being Nick Ferrari's programme, over here you'll be able to talk to the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Sir Bernard Hogan Howe. Emma Crosby, the Channel 5 News presenter, will be looking through the papers for this morning. So here it is, the council who've lost a million pounds in fines. 
Uh, they failed to turn on a bus lane camera installed five years ago. So drivers in Colchester have escaped a £60 ticket since 2010 after rumours circulated the camera wasn't active. If just ten motorists flouted the law each day, it's estimated to have cost Essex County Council more than a million. The council said it had acted as a deterrent to drivers, but the local MP, Sir Bob Russell, described it as a debacle. <laughs> I mean, it's just idiotic, isn't it? So you put in a bus lane camera, then they forget to turn it on. I mean, somebody's going to be, oh, council debate on that one. Mind you, talking of dumb, Harry Doherty. Harry Doherty was a chef. He's a chef in prison now. He's a bit thick. In fact, he's so thick at the age of 19 that he places an order over the internet for 500 ecstasy tablets uh, with a supply in the Netherlands so he could sell them on Manchester's club scene. OK, so he orders over the internet and uh, they dutifully wrap up. You know, they've obviously taken his money, 500 tablets. The parcel was intercepted by customs at Heathrow because they became suspicious. Well, of course you would. And they've got sniffer dogs. And they've got all sorts of dogs up there and they just put it through an x-ray machine. They go, what's this? And, you know, it's they do it every day. Their x-ray machines are working 24 hours a day. They checked the destination to find it was addressed to Doherty at the house he shared with his parents in a place called Levenshume in Manchester, which I'm assuming is actually quite nice. When they raided his bedroom and asked whether there were any drugs in the house, he said, yes, I ordered a parcel off the internet, but it hasn't arrived. He admitted importing Class A drugs, possession with intent to supply, and possession of cannabis. They've sent him to prison for two and a half years. Bit of a shock to his parents, but never mind, you can get the bedroom decorated while he's away, can't you? Be quite nice. I must have a look at the uh, weather for today. I know it's important to you. Mist and freezing fog patches will clear. Seemed all right this morning. Uh, early frost in places. Seven centigrade, the high currently four. Not going to make too much difference to you. Another dry night to follow. Cloud breaking, allowing mist and fog to reform in places. And uh, tomorrow, that'll clear. Another dry day, although rather cloudy. Bright or sunny intervals. Outlook Thursday, Saturday, all running through. Mostly dry, rather cloudy on Thursday. Cloudy on Friday and Saturday. The risk of showers in places. Still no snow. We've, we've obviously been lucky with this, haven't we? We've obviously been dead lucky with the snow. And nobody's, nobody's going to give us snow, please, this year. I want this book. Party Like a President. It's published on March the 1st. Then it's not as good as So You Want to Be a Celebrity. I'm totally convinced that's a, that's, that's a winner. Uh, so the front pages of the papers will run through very quickly. Let me just uh, take some more of your uh, texts and uh, emails. A lot of people talking about um, doctors in Purley. A three-week wait, says Cass. You need to move to my area. We're really good for doctors. Well, they are in my particular surgery. <laughs> uh, and Pete says, when I heard Sam Smith had won an award, I couldn't believe it when I saw a man. I was expecting Sam, the X Factor winner. No, I mean, he, he swept the boards at the Grammys. I mean, that's fantastic. The record company must be, must be truly delighted that he's, uh, that he's done so well. He just, you know, just picked up award after award after award. And uh, let's hope he can do it with album number two. That would be uh, that, quite good. Happy Valentine's, says Sarah. Uh, violets were the original flower of choice in Victorian times. Yes, I always buy myself a pot in February, cheaper than speed-grown roses with no fragrance. Now, have you noticed that the, that the roses that you will buy for Valentine's Day, and you will buy roses, they don't smell anymore. They really don't. It's You know, you've got to really go something to find an old English rose that actually smells of a rose. And most people pick that up and go, all oh, right. I mean, they, they, they could smell of nothing at all. I find it very, very disappointing. But you will spend your money, you will enjoy doing it, you'll buy the card, you'll be doing all sorts of things. Brian says, I'm fasting now, as I'm giving bloods at 10.30. Can I take any drink? Water. Water. 
That's about it, I'm afraid. So you can't have tea or coffee or anything like that. You should have, uh, if you fasted, you should have done it over. I always do my fasting, so it's overnight. So I'm sleeping for most of it. And uh, the worst bit is coming in here and not being able to have tea or coffee. And then just sort of going back. But I try and arrange the bloods to be done earlier. 10.30 is like miles away. That really is miles away. Front page of the uh, of the Metro. Uh, who is the most glammy at the Grammys? The answer is everybody was because they were all competing. They're all competing. David Beckham, who's had to start dyeing his beard because he's gone grey. And uh, he had that silver fox look. Remember when he came back from that uh, that bit of filming? And then on Sunday, he's now gone dark brown again. So he dyes his hair. He dyes his hair. I don't know how you dye beards. Do you do that the same as anything else? Because he's definitely got a white beard. And so now, in an effort to make himself look younger, which of course he's not. I mean, now he's 39. Just, just around the corner from 40. And he's had to start... Uh, had to start putting colour through it. Not very butch, is it, really? Not very butch. Uh, another one here. Actually, I saw another place the other day. They've got here the restaurant tycoon Richard Caring left a Geneva branch of HSBC carrying £2.25 million in currency. He was accompanied by a bodyguard. I discovered... I thought the Ivy was up by Peter Stringfellow's place, but I discovered another one the other day down in Covent Garden. And I wasn't sure it, because they, they're doing up the Ivy. I never thought it needed doing up, but they did. So they auctioned off mugs and cups and ashtrays and all sorts of things and, you know, tip bowls and all, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I discovered another one down in Covent Garden. I don't know if it's related to the first one. And the other thing I was shocked at, shocked, shocked beyond belief, Porter's, Porter's, the steakhouse who'd been there for 25 years, gone. Where to? We have relocated to Burke Hampstead. Burke Hampstead, I ask you. I know a few people who do live in uh, in Burke Hampstead, but that's where they've actually gone to. Porters have been in Covent Garden uh, for 25 years, and now all of a sudden they've gone, perhaps the, perhaps the bottom fell out of the market. I don't know. I see that as the beginning of the end. Thank God Joe Allens is still there. Be a dreadful day for me. Uh, Lady Gaga took me for the waiter, says Ed Sheeran. I know. It's a bit difficult, really. Well, she, perhaps she doesn't know. Perhaps she doesn't know. She's got no idea what goes on after time, really. Um, Nick Moran gets his 60 seconds. We had a very good in conversation with Nick Moran. And Van Morrison is going to perform for the first live gig held for a decade at Blenheim Palace. He's 69. 69. Uh, incidentally, Goldilocks stayed home watching television and never met any bears the end. That could be as exciting as it gets for fairy tale writers these days because not even one child in ten regularly plays in the woods or other wild places. That's down from half of all children a generation ago where youngsters spent twice as much time outside. Because we did, we'd go playing in the woods. And then they used to think, my mother said, I never should play with the gypsies in the wood. If And then you used to have these sort of saying, but the woods was a great place to play when you were a kid. Now people don't go. People don't go. Kids get depressed. They sit at home. They're, they're on their computers. And they're, they're, they're sort of not out there. There's a lovely picture of the paper today. You might not think it's a lovely picture. It was lovely until you realise that it gets a bit uh, a bit nasty. And it's payback time. A pride of lions who are a little bit hungry uh, tried to capture two porcupines. And I don't know if you've ever seen porcupines, but when they're, they're angry or they're defensive, all these spikes go up. And uh, one of the lions got um, a spike lodged in its nose, and it had to sort of take it out. Um, there were two females and five hungry cubs who spotted the rodents in the Kalahari Desert in South Africa, moved in for the kill. Fifteen-minute standoff, and uh, they, they couldn't quite work out. Anyway, then the alpha male arrived, and he devoured the porcupines. Poor souls, honestly. I mean, that's terrible, isn't it, really? You're not going to argue with lions. They're going to get round it. 
It's like when you see... What are these other animals? Is it... Oh, I can't remember. Raccoons or something. And they eat all sorts of things. But it is the law of the jungle, isn't it? There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing at all. It's 6.15. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Tuesday, 10th of February. Uh, breakfast in America with Nick Ferrari and the team this morning. Just after the news at uh, 7. And, of course, it's call the Commissioner today, so you can talk to the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Sir Bernard Hogan Howe. Nick will be uh, talking about the pay rise. David Cameron says that Britain deserves a pay rise. Unfortunately, he doesn't decide whether or not companies give you a pay rise. It's fine to say, and I mean, I, I could say that every morning to you. You know, you've all been very good. You all deserve a pay rise. But it's up to your boss whether or not he gives you, give, pardon me, gives you the pay rise. And I suspect, I suspect you probably won't get one. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. We shall weave everything in. We'll do the uh, the front pages for you. Noel Edmund's beard now is very dark brown. Oh, right. <laughs> Which is good. Yes. Well, I suppose... I mean, lots of people do dye their... It's just that because we had a picture of David Beckham with the grey beard, the white beard, and then all of a sudden he's now changed colour. Everybody goes, well, of course, he's dyeing it. And, of course, he is, because it's pure vanity, isn't it? Nobody wants to... Uh, uh, n- nobody wants to have a, a grey beard. Uh, 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk. Uh, somebody said there's nothing wrong with Burke Hampstead. Oh, please. Please, honestly, I don't want to be rude about Burke Hampstead. I'm sure it's got its, uh, its, its good, good side. <laughs> I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, so front pages of the papers. Uh, the Metro today, who was the most glammy? Uh, teen held on his way to behead a soldier. Uh, the Sun this morning, Madonna's on song. It's a, it's a very bizarre ensemble outfit she wore to the Grammys. Sam Smith got four gongs. Kanye just looks miserable all the time. I can't work out whether Kanye West is an act or not. Uh, Peter Sutcliffe is busy planning his own funeral. Don't worry, dear, you don't need to plan it. We'll just put you out with the rubbish, which is where you belong. He had a heart attack um, three months ago. Shame it wasn't uh, fatal, but there you go. We can but hope. Glamour at the Grammys. Jane Fonda at 77. Dear Lord above. I mean, it's amazing. They don't seem to... Some of these people just don't seem to age. I don't know how it's possible. Um, fat is key to living longer, say the... Exp- it's exactly what you want to hear, isn't it? You want to hear the fact that your fat uh, is the key to living a little bit longer. And apparently the real food with plenty of natural fat... You know, before we started worrying about sell-by dates... and I mean, I spent my entire life going through the fridge, chucking... I mean, I chucked out the other day. I mean, I felt a bit guilty. I should have taken a, a photograph of all the stuff that was in the fridge that was out of date. You know, literally, I won't eat it. Because I know it's OK. I know that they cover themselves, but I just won't eat it if it says... You know, if today's, say, like, the uh, the 10th and I've got stuff in there from the 7th, I wouldn't touch that with a barge pole. That'd be thrown out immediately. And the moment steak or any sort of red meat starts discolouring, that's out straight away as well. I'm very careful. Very, very careful. But it seems such a dreadful waste. We might as well shop on a daily basis. Wait a minute. I do shop on a daily basis. So you've been told, avoid fatty foods like meat, cheese and cream. Now they're saying it's it's OK. None of the trials, apparently, involved female patients. They only tested on males. Isn't that bizarre? Bizarre. No direct link between fat intake and death from heart disease. God, a bit final, isn't it? Uh, the super rich on the front of the Daily Mail and the celebrities caught up in the HSBC tax dodge storm. Butter isn't bad for you. Uh, the major study says the 80s advice on dairy fats was flawed. Um they say there was no any uh, there was no solid trial evidence to back it up 
And so people were advised to sort of cut out various things, to cut the fat intake to 30%. And uh, now they're saying, well, it's a load of old rubbish, I'm afraid. I'm not saying that you should now change your dietary uh, habits and start eating loads of butter and fried food and things like that. I'm just saying they think that the, the trials weren't done properly. So now, you know, you have to sort of reevaluate things. Uh, many years since I've had roses, says Christine, that actually had a lovely smell. You just can't buy them anymore. I don't, I don't know why they're, uh, they're there. Uh, Maddie says, I've not eaten meat for a year now. Red meat for ten years. I love corn, corn and I think you can make it sound delicious. Just doesn't appeal to me. I don't know why, actually. Uh, Christine's tried the whole range. That's not for me. Oh, there's a range. <laughs> Crikey. I had no idea that that should be a range of corn as well, which is very interesting, isn't it? Front page of the mirror is that uh, uh, the picture of the truck on its side. Truck laden with gravel. Losing control on a steep hill. Crashed outside a school. Plunged into pedestrians and cars after hurtling towards the primary. At home time, as pupils flocked out to meet their parents. So I think four people were killed, including a young girl. Uh, the Mirror run the same story as a lot of the other papers, which is, is your television spying on you? Because apparently this Samsung TV, unless you switch off the microphone, it can record all your conversations and then send them on to a third party, which is very worrying. Uh, the Independent, as I said on the programme, isn't it funny, I, I did this about uh, a week ago. Uh, being a big fan of the Indian film industry and, and having interviewed uh, Amitabh Bachchan. Uh, he features in The Independent today the remarkable life of the world's biggest film star, the world's biggest film star that many of you have never even heard of. But he's huge. You know, Amitabh Bachchan is enormous, you know, as they say here. So if you want to read more about him, you have to, uh, to read The Independent for today. The police asking the news agent for names of the Charlie Hebdo purchasers. As I say, I want to find out which police officers... You know, are they people that could, you know, do you some harm? I don't know. You get rogues and bad apples in every sort of barrel, don't you? Uh, Miriam, here she is, uh, Helen Mirren, looking stunning in this... Uh, it does look like a pair of a pair of neck curtains, the more I look at it, which have been dyed a quite nice colour green. Uh, give staff a pay rise, Cameron tells bosses. Oh, well, that's going to work straight away, isn't it? Not, I don't think. And uh, finally, on the front of the Times, Putin accused of redrawing Europe's map at gunpoint. And more on the Prime Minister saying pay workers more. It's a lovely idea, but I don't think it's going to happen, is it? I don't think so. Don't forget, every day we have a free podcast for you, which if you go to the LBC website, you can download the app there and it will send you the free podcast every day. It's where we're a little bit, uh, little bit tongue-in-cheek and a bit naughty with some of our favourite, well, sort of not really favourite, but uh, celebrities. So if you like a free podcast like that, then I have one for you every day. It's only about 10, 15 minutes long, so it's just about enough to sort of make you nod your head sagely and wisely going, do you know, he's absolutely right. So that free podcast uh, up for you. You can listen to LBC, of course, whenever and wherever you like. Go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. You can pay as little as £2 a month and download everything on LBC and you get to keep it forever. My advice is do so today with the best investment you ever make. Never again will you have to say, do you know, there's nothing to listen to. I'm going on holiday. I need to take some programmes with me. And so you can take me or anybody else. If you missed any of today's show, the podcast service is the thing for you. And you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show.